Hello and welcome to episode 1142 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Friday, February 17th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Beautiful Friday. I got the day off uh, to have a nice little long weekend, so I got to sleep in a little bit. I appreciate you letting me do that. No problem. I did the same. I mean, I said I'm doing well, which I am, but I'm a little under the weather. Our, our weather's yo-yoing right now. We were 80, down to 30. It's going to be down here for a couple of days and then back up to the 70s and 80s. It's insane. Um, but Are, are you going to be able to handle the weather in other places? Because we both have, you know, we're both going to New York. Uh, and yeah. You know that's going to be freezing. Um, I'll be ready. And then you know I'll be was, ready. Um very close to booking my full trip for vegas and i was looking at the weather last night and it was, don't tell me it was like 37 degrees last night in vegas what's it gonna uh, be in a month though how quickly do they start to warm up i would hope i mean i would hope that it's a desert so deserts get cold at night i know but, i know um, you know it's, it's misleading it, you know some people that don't know their climate might be like that's oh, a desert they'll be fine no you get it's cold in the fall and winter there especially at night like you're saying yeah, so I mean, make sure you, yeah, make make sure you bring plenty of layers. Like walk I'll around like the Michelin Man. Yep, I'll have the layers. I'll have the long johns cooking, especially in New York. I'll have them packed in Vegas just in case. I'm always ready. I got my got my beanie. I'll have my uh, my multiple hoodies, of course. So I'll be ready. Don't you worry. We're still talking pitchers. Last episode, we kind of got pretty deep on on the upper end there, so we didn't get too far. Today we're we're attacking a bigger group, and um, I'll keep us. Uh, I'll try to keep us moving if we get too too bogged down. But this is these are the next groups, like these next couple episodes that we do. These are the ones you really do want to dig in on. If anything, we probably should have been a little bit quicker on on some of the guys we were talking about on that ace tier. Because what more can you really say about uh, Corbin Burns, unless you're in arbitration and you're shit talking and blaming him for the uh, for not making the playoffs like the Brewers did? Which uh, good move there, really smart. I just. The whole arbitration unreal. It's unreal. Like so stupid. This is a guy that I would assume they would really want to resign. Well, Uh, you know, I posted about it, and a lot of the comments, you know, it's a lot, pretty lively discussion there. And they're saying like, well, they must know that they're just not going to resign him, so they're going to pinch those pennies. You know, seven hundred sixty thousand dollars. It's not nothing. I'm I'm not pretending like you know, just throw your money around. But like, is it worth it? Right? If he gets four hundred of that, like meet meet him in the middle, say you know three fifty of that or whatever, is that worth alienating your chance at resigning him? And it's like I know he's not going to go out there and tank to like spite them because that hurts him. I get that, but just like I don't know, man. The whole arbitration process seems so dumb. It it's, really uh, seems dumb. It is. It's just so stupid. And we, it's always over such small amounts, relative small amounts of I money don't. for teams. I, and it, I mean, it's always like, or it's not always, but a lot of times it's the teams that are the penny pinchers that yep. like they they don't want to spend the extra million or two million or whatever. The Yankees did it on Batanzas. Remember when they were saying like he uh-huh. can't close or whatever. And this was like back when he was arguably the best reliever in the game. Yeah. Uh, so. It's it's a bad system. It just is a bad system. But I don't know what the alternative necessarily is. Um, I think one thing that I've always thought and I, I probably need to know more about the whole process but I, as i understand it they are the auditor the arbiters are still on some bullshit ass back of the baseball card stats that's why saves yeah. pay that's why we always talk about that situation where they're going to 
keep a young guy from closing because they don't want to rack up saves because that pays. And so middle relievers can't get paid. I wish there was more advanced stats, like train them on the, the, the advanced stats on things. So I, I would like, I would like to see that, but who knows? Uh, let's get into some pictures though. We are moving on. I think we did like 15 uh, the first time here. So let's talk about some Southpaw studs, Carlos Rodon, Julio Urias and Max Freed. Um, obviously Rodon joining a new team. I think he's kind of the most interesting one here. Signing big with the Yankees. We talk about the uh, the whole first year deal with with, with a big uh, on a big deal with a new team. We pressure to be the man, especially. I, I do think that principle does apply here a bit to Rodon, even though he's not the ace. I do still think like, hey, especially going to New York, it could be something there. Now the issue with that is like it's not a hundred percent where everyone who goes to a new team fails or anything like that. The idea is like, do you want to allow a transition year because now they're getting paid fat? They're going to a team like New York, in this case for Rodon, where pressure can be, you know, amped up to a higher degree. Will it cause him to rise to his game and, and be amazing? Or will he try to do too much and maybe be off of his game a little bit? We can't know that, but this is part of why people and you know, Glenn and, and Rick, Glenn Colton, Rick Wolf, uh, have it as part of their smart plan to just avoid players on these first year of the huge deals, allow the transition year, and then come back to them. How do you feel about Rodon in New York? He's leaving that very friendly confines of San Francisco, coming back to the American League, but he's had two pretty healthy years in a row. Are you in or are you out on Carlos Rodon? I'm in. Uh, I haven't gotten him anywhere just because I tend to wait another round before getting my first pitcher, but I can totally see myself uh, ending up with Carlos Rodon. Uh, I think that there are some fears, obviously, around his health, which are valid. I mean, this is a guy who has struggled to stay healthy throughout his entire career. Uh, and then there are concerns about the home park, which I don't think are valid because he's a lefty. He only gave up two home runs uh, to left-handed hitters last year. Nice. So he's going to he's very protected against uh, kind of that short porch in uh, in right field in, in Yankee Stadium. Uh, and the defense behind him is going to be better because it can't be any worse than it was in San Francisco last year. Uh, so yeah, I think he's going to. I think he's going to be fine uh, in New York as long as he's healthy. So I think it, it really comes down to what kind of health profile risk you're willing to take that early in the draft. If I'm going to take someone like him, I'm going to pair him with someone I feel very comfortable about the innings, uh, like a Max Freed or even a Julio Urias, who are both in this tier. So uh, like, I don't mind. I uh, actually really like all three of these guys for what they are. Um, and I think that the, the market is probably a little unfairly biased against all three of them. Well, I will say, perhaps you're not getting Rodon because you're a little against him compared to the market. He's the 11th starter. You do have him ranked 16th, and you can check that out on our new, fresh Ooh. rankings page. Fancy, uh, Fangraphs.com. I'm not going to read the whole thing uh, because it's a, it's a lot to remember. So you go to Fangraphs. You go to, you see where the player search uh, box is, then it says support fan graphs, then it says fantasy. Under that, two, 2023 fantasy expert rankings, boom. Now, I don't know where they put my rankings because, you know, if, that, if that's where the experts are, I don't know where they put my rankings yeah. at, but that's where they can get yours, Chad's, and Jeff's. Um, mm -hmm. And they probably put mine, I don't know, on like not graphs or something, but maybe you can find mine. Oh, if you I miss there. not graphs. Not graphs was wonderful. Uh, but no, you can take a look. We've been kind of hinting at this for a while. It's a great page, landing page to get all the rankings. You can do different uh, league types, five by five points, 
Adenu, OBP. Uh, we didn't rank Adenu. That's Chad. And I think Jake is also going to get his in there, Jake Malloy. And uh, we're going to also have Nicholas Gout's rankings on there soon. So we're adding stuff to it. And uh, there's like a little clipboard next to a bunch of guys under the notes tab there. That's where you can read our little comments about guys. And we're adding those as the season goes too, as the as draft season goes. And you'll be seeing more sleepers and busts uh, identified as well. So it's a living, breathing document, but the foundation is there. And I'm really, really excited about it. It'll be quick, easy reference. Still going to have articles. You know, like I, I haven't wrote, written up my catchers yet. I'm still going to do that because I want to write up all my catchers and not everything. But if you just want rankings, that page is live now. And I'm very, very excited about it. So you're a little lower on Rodon compared to the market. Doesn't mean you're out on him, but maybe that's why you're not getting him is because the market's yeah. jumping you on him a bit. Um, are you interested in maybe moving him up, though? Yeah, Which I wouldn't like mind him. moving him up. I'd I mean, you got to... Freed right there at 15, and then Urias at 11. So you do like all three lefties. Um, you're, you're not you're certainly not out on any of them. I don't think a five-ranking spot difference between the market and Rodon puts you out on him. But you do have them just a little bit lower. You're more. It's hard inclined. because, like, who do you move down? Like, I that, mean, that's I what I was going to ask you. Would, would you? Would, you know, you got uh, Verlander twelve, Wheeler fourteen, Castillo fifteen, or excuse me, fourteen, and then Freed fifteen before Rodon. So that's a pretty tight group there, right? Yeah. So I mean, I think you can make the argument that, like, the difference between him and pretty much all the guys going up to Urias uh, in my rank. So between eleven and sixteen really 11 and 17 with Spencer Strider being 17 uh, are guys that are interchangeable for the most part. They're their own tier. Um, oh, I just want to say about the ranks. So for those of you on the Patreon, um, you know, the ranks are now free on fan graphs. So if you just want the ranks they're they're free on fan graphs. but I put my projections and I'm going to put mine in as well. Um, did you see what I did with my projections page? No, no, hit, hit me with that. So I, I have all my projections for hitters and pitchers, and then I have auction dollar values for pretty much every format. Oh, that's so, fantastic. So you have for 10, 12, and 15 team leagues, A and AL, NL only. Um, for Yahoo points, I will have ESPN points separate from Yahoo points up there. Because they're um, a little bit different. Yep. Yeah, and so like, you and it's all sortable so if you and i will be updating those as draft season goes on whenever i update my projections i'll update the dollar values for every single format so that's available in i think the kevin gosman tier okay um, that's the, the of, of our tier. Uh, patreon and we're also filling up listener leagues and yes. we've almost got a dynasty league filled up and a head-to-head uh yahoo now are you going to uh, be in every one of those i'm going to try to be in every one okay I'll, i will be in so i I'll, you know i'll be in more. I'm definitely going to be in the Dynasty League and the okay. first Yahoo uh, League that they fill up. I probably won't be in every single one, but I will be in some as well. Obviously, we want to get in there competing against y'all. I've already had a few people asking, hey, which listener leagues are you going to get in? I will scope. I want. I'm, I'll, I agree with you on wanting to do different formats, so I want to get in there, get some formats that I'm not in, and that way I'm diversifying the old portfolio mm -hmm. and trying some things out. So we got that going. Uh, you can check that out on the Patreon. Ooh, and but, yeah. We may do a watch party today, too. Ooh. If if I can figure out where to stream one of the games today, so what games are today? Uh, there is. Are they playing like colleges? Uh, I think the Red Sox are playing at college. The Red Sox are playing the University of Washington. The Royals and the Rangers are playing, and the Mariners and Padres are playing. Already? So, yeah. Dang. 
I didn't even know that was going on. Am I a real so, baseball fan? Fake baseball fan over here. I got to figure out how to stream one of them. But if one of them is streamable, we will do that at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. Well, it looks like it looks like um, that Huskies Red Sox game is on Nesson, but I don't see a a channel listed for the other two, and that's at 105 Eastern though. So I don't know. You might have to. I don't know. I don't know. I th- I, honestly, okay, I'm looking at it. I think that's next week. I is think it? it's next Friday. I think it's next Friday. It is next Friday. Damn it. All right. Well, next week. So maybe we next week be, then. We will be streaming one of those games next Friday. More, more time to plan, too. More time yes. to plan then. Okay. So we continue on. Rodon, Urias, Freed. Urias is your guy there uh, as, as far as the highest ranked. They're all three in the same tier, though. So you're certainly not out on any of them. I have all three in, in a similar tier as well, where Rodon's my highest at 11. And then 15 for Urias, 16 for Freed. Do we think... Uh, I, I do, so I'll say yes to the question before I even ask it. Do you think that this is the year Freed can put that 200-inning season together? He's been kind of hinting at it. I think he's got the talent. Made 30 starts last year, 28 the year before. No major injuries that have that have derailed him from that. Do you think he can push that 200-inning uh, plateau this year? I think he can. I also think he's a guy that has more strikeout stuff than he's shown. Uh, and I, I do wonder if guys like him who've been so reliant on ground balls and defense behind them are going to try for more strikeouts given the changes in situations here. So he's a guy I really, really like. I just took him for the first time in my most recent draft, uh, you know, uh, and kind of waited and he was my SP one and I paired him with somebody uh, just kind of double tapping on starting pitching right there. Uh, I've, I think he is a pretty high floor. You paired him with Lynn, by the way, and Gilbert. Uh, yeah, Lance Lynn and, and, and Gilbert kind of waiting to scrape the bottom of the barrel of the SD ones twos uh for that for that team. So yeah, I think he's a guy that offers a pretty high floor. Um it is a lower ceiling than a lot of the other guys who are going kind of his uh, late SB one, uh uh early SP two. But I'm okay with that. As but long but as I, I think it is up there though, what you're saying about Freed, because what you just said about how he could add more Ks mm-hmm. that we've seen the swing and miss. It's always been in that 11 to 12% range, which is certainly workable. Um, so he's been, you know, 23, 24% K rate guy, which is not crazy, but it's certainly not bad either. And if he does put that volume together and push up another 15 innings, he had 185 this year and Freed puts together that 200 say with like a 25% K rate. He's on a great team for win potential. He's got 14, 14 and 17 in his last three years. I, I would say that there is a pretty big ceiling there. I really do believe that Freed can reach some pretty impressive heights. You know, it's not that 30% K rate that we see of some of those mega studs, but I love Freed. So I, I actually think uh, I, th- I think he's got a decent ceiling that maybe is a little bit untapped. And uh, his floor, I think, is, is pretty nice too because if you just kind of get a mixture of the last two seasons, no issue with that. You know, an upper twos ERA with a, a low ones whip. 23% K rate. No one's complaining about that from Max Fried. So I really, really like him quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I think this entire tier of guys is underrated um, in the market right now. With Urias and with the Dodgers in general, you talked about this just now with, with Freed in regards to the shift and whatnot. Dodgers guys have certainly relied on that, right? We've seen them be Babbitt monsters, partly due to what they're, what they're doing on the mound, but also maximized by the defensive alignments and things that the Dodgers are doing for them. 
Do you have any concerns there with Urias because of that? You know, the ERA indicators have never really liked him. They've always had him a run plus higher. And we, we see a guy or two like this every generation at the high end, that the, the ERA indicators never get them right, but they continue to outperform because they suppress the hits. And, and really, I mean, that's the main thing is that they have found a way to continually have those low BABIPs and keep base runners off via the hit. And he also keeps his walks in check too, five and six percent the last two years. The kid gloves have come off a bit with 32 and 31 starts the last two years as well. Is there maybe a 200 inning season for Urias at age 26 where they kind of let him go even further? And uh, also, are you concerned about the shift situation with him? I guess those could counter each other where, yeah, they give more volume, but you're worried about the, the production. Where do you stand on Urias with your projection for him? I, I mean, there's a little bit of worry about the shift stuff because, like you mentioned, the Dodgers pitchers, guys like Tyler Anderson, guys like Urias have like relied Especially so much. Gonsolin, too, by the way. Gonsolin is a big time. one. Um, I'm a little less worried about it with Urias as a uh, as a lefty. Um, and I just, I don't know. I got she's such a good pitcher, and I think he's one of those guys that can change to kind of suit the needs of his defense, suit the needs of the teams like he's another guy that if the strikeouts went back up, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And he's just been so rock solid. I know everybody every year is always like, Oh, he's got to regress. Look at the, you know, look at what he does. But I, I think he's one of those guys you were just talking about that just always kind of beats the projections. And yep. I, I, I feel like too, he way. is a massive bargain. Um, in the market. Uh, and I think he will continue to be a massive bargain. I think while other pitchers go up with huge upsides, he's going to kind of either stay where he is or maybe even go down as draft season goes on. So I'm a big Urias fan uh, from a fantasy perspective. Uh, and I think he, yeah, he's a guy that I'm going to have on a lot of my teams because there's going to be drafts where I get him as an SP2 and feel really, really good about oh, my I rotation. I would love that. That would, mm -hmm. I would have no problem there. All right, let's move on to the untrusted by you specifically, and a bit of the markets. Shane Bieber, mm -hmm. he's your 23rd starter. The market has him 16th, and then uh, I'm at the high end. I got him eighth. And wow, I, I just I just don't quite get it. Look, a lot of attention on the velo drop, and this is my note on the on the projections that you can uh, on the ranking sheet that you can go look at. So much attention on the velo drop glossed over the insane 22% swing strike rate on his slider plus curve which is first in baseball, minimum 900 thrown. Bad fastball in Cleveland, I mean, what, what's new there? Nothing. So I'm not worried that the velo drop. Like, yeah, that's all anybody talked about last year, though, and he continued to perform. At some point, maybe the velo drop didn't matter. The last two years, that's all that's been talked about with him, and he's gone out and put up 297 innings of a 297 ERA and a 110 whip. Now, I know he had injuries in 2021. That's why he only threw 97 uh, innings, but 200 on the button last year. The K rate did come down, but the swinging strike rate was still excellent at 14%. So I believe the strikeouts can come back up closer to the upper 20s, low 30s range. And I think there's actually upside here. That's why I've got him so high. I really like Shane Bieber, and I'm going to take the market discount all day long. Uh, but you're the other way on him. Like I said, 23rd kind of puts you out because even at six, you know, 16 in the market, you're probably not going to get him there at, at 23. You should maybe put a little bus tag on him because, again, relative to the market and and me, you're quite a bit out on on Shane Bieber. Uh, what, what, what's what's your concern there? 
I mean, I don't necessarily have concerns. Like, my projection's not necessarily bad for him. I, I think it's just more of a matter of liking other guys more. I mean, I think there are some concerns when you have that velocity drop and you give up the amount of contact he did. He had, like, almost an 88% zone contact, uh, which you start worrying about. Like, hey, teams can't, the Guardians can't shift as aggressively as they have in the past. Are more balls going to get through the hole? Um, so I do have Depends some. Where they're hit. Yeah, it does, and it it's so hard to quantify these things, right? I like, uh, like we 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 wish there was like a really easy mathematical solution to go. Well, every player is going to go up by you know X percent. Yeah, but we have no idea. We just don't know um, the ball distributions. You just can't know. Yeah, it's just, uh, and so it's kind of a little bit of a guessing game. We see the red flags. The red flags are super clear. Like you mentioned, it's all about the loss of velocity. Um, and he's a guy who really does rely a lot on command control. And as he gets older and shows more of those signs of those red flags, I just get more and more worried. Um, he's only 28. You're talking about Bieber like that. He's only 28. I really like this guy, man. I, 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 he throws I like, like a 38-year-old, though. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, again, bad fastball. It, it, it's the it's the Cleveland way, but, you know, we saw we saw Kluber continue to succeed with it, and I, I, my real only concern with Bieber is the health piece. But, again, yeah, if, and that's, all- But that's my major concern. My, my concern is that the drop in velocity is a sign that he may not be. But he threw in- 200 innings. I know. And I mean, I still have him as a top 25 starter. I'm yeah. not saying I'm not out on garbage him. or anything, but and you're not going to get him. If you, because I mean, the, these ranks are direct reflection of my projections. My mm-hmm. original ranks, which were not a direct reflection of projections, had him outside of my top 30 starters. So, like I took the bias out on on crazy, him, crazy and that still had him at twenty three. So, because um, I've never been a Bieber guy, um, but I could see myself drafting him if he fell. He won't. He won't. He'll. he'll if you're in my draft, he won't. He certainly won't if I'm there. Mm-hmm. The breakout ace question mark. Luis Castillo got out of Cincy. You know, great great situation for him to get out of. Uh, because of that park, not just the team, you know, but really the park, right? Like we saw how the volatility there related to that park could hurt him. Um, he was beating the park last year, by the way. I'll say that 85 innings of a 286 ERA, and he's he's beat it at other times as well. But there have been other situations where, okay, then the hits were spiking, and then a few homer issues here at times, just kind of up and down, up and down. Then we saw him go to Seattle last year. And really dial in. The strikeouts jumped up. The walks came down. The homer stayed in check, and he and he was great there too. Now his ERA actually went up, believe it or not, from 286 to 317 uh, with Seattle, but it was still a 299 ERA in 150 innings, 108 WHIP. Going to be 30 years old. First full season with Seattle. Do we see the big 200 plus inning gem season out of Castillo this year? What do you think? I think it's really possible, and he is a guy that again. I think my rank on him went up a little bit after I did the projections on him and I've been kind of torn back and forth because there's part of me that thinks I'm still too low on Luis Castillo. Uh, And then there's part of me. It's like, Oh man, he has been a whip killer in the past in certain seasons Um, and not the kind of whip you want to see from your SP one, but he had a one ten whip when he came over to Seattle. Uh, And what I really liked from him is if you like look through the game logs of when, he was in Seattle. 
he had a lot of games in which he like went back to back against teams, right? So like yes. he went he went to the Yankees, got beat up a little bit, and then went home against the Yankees and just dominated them. Um, and so when a guy goes nationally to American League, you know, you get a little boost because hitters haven't seen him, but if you got to go back to back, they get to see you twice and then he dominates them. That's a to me a really good sign. Uh, something I really like to see. Uh, you also saw his zone contact go down. He was getting those swings and misses, like you mentioned. So um, I am definitely very open to having him as uh, kind of a low-end SP1. I think I've got him at like 13 or 14 right now. Yeah, you got him at 14. I, I actually have Castillo at 20, but I do think this is one of those where it's like it's not an anti-take at all. 185 innings, 208 punchies. 316-110 ERA whip combo. I got no issues with them, but that's just where the projection put him. And so I guess I'm I'm a little bit uh, closer to being out on him relative to the market that does have him. Uh let's see. At, well, no, they have him at 18. Okay, so I'm not I'm not really out. You're a bit I'm higher high, than the market. Yeah. yeah, which I don't think there's anything wrong with. I really do like Castillo. I've been a fan of his from Jump Street in Cincinnati. I really do think that the better park here is gonna help him flourish. And I, I might actually boost his innings a little bit because I do think, you know, he's had some some issues. That, and he had something barking at the beginning. Was it his shoulder or elbow? That he's, was always, he's always the guy who starts slow. He I, It was weather-related. Weather which um, like can pretty, be an issue in Seattle. Yeah, with pretty clear. But they have it. They can close it, right? They can close it up. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, But he had pretty clear weather issues, Luis Castillo did, where you're like, oh, wow. It, it, he really struggles when the weather, which, hey, a man after my own heart. Which also makes sense because if you look, he had two kind of bad starts at the end of the season in September, but they were both on the road. They were both at Oakland and at Kansas City. Um, and then his other home starts, you know, home versus San Diego, home versus Oakland, he was fantastic. So maybe this, I mean, I think often people like they say the weather thing, especially about, um, you know, Hispanic uh, pitchers. And they, they, I think that's kind of, um, not backed up necessarily. It's well, yeah, like yeah, like little stereotyping. Yeah, uh, some guys probably like it, right? Like just because yeah. they grew up in in Latin America doesn't mean that they don't love the cold. Mm -hmm. But other guys probably aren't as acclimated to it. They're probably more but like it me seems like very very likely if you just look at the game logs, like oh hey, with Castillo, all... it's played yeah. out. It, yeah, it's been, it's been it's been a persistent thing where you can see when the weather gets under like sixty is when he starts to have some struggles. And maybe it isn't even so much like that he's cold and shivering. Maybe it's something with Can't grip. a grip on the changeup. Yeah. Maybe it's just something as simple as that, not that that his body like melts down or anything. So I don't know. I really like him. I think I might add a few more innings um, because I got him at 185. Yeah, he did have a little issue last year. 190 is his career high, but all the projections got him in the low 190s. I might jump up there as well because I really do think it, we could actually see that first 200-inning season from him. And I do think even five, six, seven innings added to the projection would likely boost him up a few spots, get him closer to the market because I really do like Luis Castillo. Mm -hmm. All right, let's continue forward here and talk about our next guys, uh, our next guy, which is the next strider, Christian Javier, looking like he could be that dude, that two-pitch guy who is just so damn dominant with his two pitches that you kind of don't even worry about the fact that the third pitch isn't there. Um, he was amazing last year, 148 and two thirds with a 33% K rate, got the walk rate down to a palatable 9% down from 13% the year before 254 ERA 0.95 whip. He's clearly part of this rotation unquestioned. 
is Christian Javier the next strider, or do you see a pullback because of the two-pitch situation and a little bit of uh, command issues at times? Yeah, I'm so torn on him. I, I, I wrote him up last night for the – uh, the ADP market report uh, on, over on Fangraphs. I did starting pitching last time, and he's a guy that has been rising consistently throughout draft season because he had such an amazing year, and then he doubled down in the playoffs and was fantastic in the playoffs as well. Uh, and so, yeah, he's been continuing to to rise. I've not gotten close to where other people have drafted the drafts that I've been in. Yeah, we well, both got him in the twenties, by the way, with Javier, and he's a he's eighteenth. And in my last check, you said he's going up, so he might even yeah. be higher than uh, an SP eighteen right now. Yeah, and I I have a really hard time because while if he carries over the skills that we saw last year, he is a surefire SP one, like surefire. I think he's mm-hmm. fantastic, especially on a per inning basis. And I don't think innings are going to necessarily be a problem for him because he actually threw a fair amount of innings plus playoffs last year. So my bigger concern is do the home runs come back and is he able to maintain that low walk rate that we saw last season? Um, And I feel like it's fair to regress him just because he was so elite in both and he's shown kind of consistent issue with both of those things throughout his career. And the two-pitch arsenal can lead to some homer problems at times. So uh, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical that he is as elite as he was last year, but I still have him as a top 25 starting pitcher because though I'm not out on him, he's a guy that if I do draft him, I want to make sure I have a really safe ace to pair him with. Yeah, you'd like to get some more safety there. You know, it's it's hard to ever know who's, who's really safe, but uh, with Christian Javier, because it is a two-pitch guy who's, you know, maxed at, a, what, 148 innings, mm-hmm. you know, you want to be careful there, putting too much on his shoulders for your team. But yeah, I mean, I, I like him too. I'm not that far off the market. I could see myself winding up with him, but I haven't gotten Christian Javier yet. The upcoming aces, these guys both have shown a lot. Obviously, um, the first one, Zach Gallen, had that huge stretch last year that was very ace-like. Alec Manoa's done some excellent things as well. I know you have some concerns about how the park change might hamper him a little bit. But do you see either of these guys, both or neither, becoming uh, fantasy viable aces this year? Alec Manoa and Zach Gallon. So I've been saying throughout this episode, and I think a lot of last episodes, oh, I haven't gotten this guy. I haven't gotten this guy. I haven't gotten this guy. And that's because I've gotten both of these guys everywhere. I have them way above their ADPs. I love them both. You got um, Gallon 10th, by the way, in your rankings. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. I so you love put your Zach money where Gallen. your mouth is there. Yeah, Zach Allen is my most rostered uh, pitcher or starting pitcher so far this year. Um, I actually need to stop taking him in drafts because I don't want to be overexposed. Uh, but he's just a workhorse, and I do think there's another level for him, and I think he gets kind of overlooked being in Arizona, but Arizona's going to be a better team than they so, yeah. have been. Um, they're getting better and better, uh, and I especially like the defense that they actually have there. Nick Ahmed's going to be back. Uh, in a somewhat regular role there. Corbin Carroll is a fantastic defender. If they can find time for Alec Thomas, he's a fantastic defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good park to pitch in. Um, and yeah, he has got a pretty complete arsenal with good command and control. Uh, like It's not like top pitcher in fantasy baseball kind of ceiling, but I think he is an SP1 
this year. And I am ranking him as such. My The way my projections fell, I actually had to taper down his projections a little bit because I think I had him as like a top eight starter at one point. Um, so, hey, But if you believe in that, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you just keep it for, yeah. for Gallon? You know, I mean, I think sometimes I, cause I, I, have, I have the same inclination. Sometimes like, oh, I don't know about that. But then I'm like, if I believe in these numbers, I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. The and, only place I'm not going to, the only times I'm not going to get them, and, and this is played out in the draft. So the only times I don't get that gallon is when I play the waiting game too long. Mm-hmm. If I take him where I have him ranked, he will be on all of my teams this year. And same for no Manoa. Doubt. Yeah. Cause you got, you have um, 10 for, for Zach Gallon, and he's going 22 in the market, I believe. And so, yeah, you're definitely going to get a, a bunch of Zach Gallon at that range there and then Manoa or excuse me Gallon's 21 Manoa's 22 and you have them 10 and or 8 and 10 respectively so you have mm-hmm. Manoa even higher at 8 I got Manoa yeah. at 12 as well so I'm with you on this I just think he's a workhorse um I do have him for the 200 inning projection I really think he can get there this year uh he's 196 and two-thirds last year so it's not really that much of a stretch I think he gets some of those K's back as well he he did drop from 28 to 23 percent but his swing strike rate only dipped uh, 1.4 points, which is not crazy. So I do think there could be a return of some strikeouts for Manoa. Yeah, the park change is there, but I'm, I guess I'm just not that concerned about it. Uh, I really, really like Manoa. You have mentioned a, a few concerns about it, though, because you were uh, you do have a bunch of Manoa, and then the park change happened afterwards. Are you veering away from him because of it or to avoid overexposure on Manoa? Um. Yeah, I mean, overexposure a little bit, but I guess the part change does concern you a little bit in times. A guy who's got, you know, a fly ball tilt of, you know, about 41, 42%, uh, and the bringing in those walls. They're also raising the walls. So, like, I don't know how Good big. Man, yeah, I don't know how big of an issue it's actually going to be for a guy like Manoa, especially because he is a guy that does not allow barrels. He's had like a 5% barrel rate each of the last two seasons. Um, so he does allow fly balls, but a lot of them are infield fly balls or kind of lazy fly balls. They're not the kinds that get like caught at the wall. So mm-hmm. moving in the wall, I don't know that it's going to be as, uh, is big for him. He's a, just a workhorse. Like, like you mentioned, he's, uh, he almost had 200 innings last year. I have him projected for 200 innings, uh, this year. Uh, I do think that they, we could get more strikeouts. He's one of the guys that I think like, it would not surprise me if he is the number one pitcher, uh, starting pitcher in baseball. He also has that dog in him. And like he got that dog in him, man. He like really, he, really does. And I know that is it's a stupid thing, but there is something about the way he approaches pitching that reminds me so much of Max Scherzer that yep. makes me go like this guy could easily be returned first round value. Um and yeah, so yeah, he's I, I've paired Manoa and, and Gallon on teams as my SP one twos in like the fifth, six rounds of draft and start off with an amazing offense. Uh, and then, you know, pair them in the fifth, sixth round and felt really, really good about my draft. So, uh, I, I like both of them. They're going to continue to end up on a lot of my teams. Yeah. I, I really don't, I really don't have an issue being, being pretty hot on, uh, on Manoa this year. I'm with you there. I'll definitely end up with some, I think I have one share of him already and I'll continue to get more. Let's talk about the dads, the Padres, a couple guys that uh, rank high here. Joe Musgrove, you Darvish. Obviously, Darvish signed that extension recently. Joe Musgrove been kind of doing his thing out there for a while. 
maybe it's just because I'm not like uh, enamored with either of them. They feel kind of like boringly solid. I feel like people just take them and like, okay, cool. You know, I I got I got my note. Excuse me, I got Darvish or I got uh, I got Musgrove here. Musgrove is the 23rd starter off the board. Darvish is the 24th. That's I mean, they're both top 25 guys. They're not bad. They're not like forgotten. But I don't think anybody's like bending over backwards to acquire either of them. But both are really good. I've actually got Darvish at 17 on my board. You got him 26, and then Musgrove 24 to year 25. So we're right in line with the market there. I'm a little bit higher on Darvish. I know he's a bit older, but he's just so damn good, man. I just I don't know. I love I love you, Darvish. And maybe I just got a soft spot for him. The 185 innings is probably the, the sketchiest part of my projection there, just because he's had some health issues in the past. How do you feel about the two dads, Darvish and uh, Musgrove? I think Musgrove's listening to the podcast, going, "Why, why are you calling me a dad?" He's like, like, "I don't, I don't have a kid," I'm, and he, he doesn't I'm, know. I'm, what I'm only, yeah, I'm only thirty, um, so I, I think they're both fine. Like, yeah, I, so that, you got the same vibe I'm talking about, where they're just like, they're not super excited. I think the problem with Musgrove is everybody thought Musgrove, including myself, thought Musgrove was going to take this massive leap. Right. And we saw it kind of in in 2021 mm-hmm. where he threw 181 innings with a 318 uh, ERA. But he had that, you know, 27 percent strikeout rate. And we saw, you know, in the shortened season, we saw 33 percent strikeout rate. And you're like, OK, here it is. This is the Joe Musgrove we've been waiting for. And then last year was kind of like it was fine. It was he gave was back new- a little on the case, but then he put up another 180 huge innings. Right. So, yeah, it, it does seem a little unfair that we're kind of acting like. He didn't come through there, but Musgrove did put up another strong season. I feel like I'm maybe I'm sleeping on Musgrove a little bit too much. Um, like the floor is so safe. Like I just think the floor is so safe. I think the argument against Darvish is the floor is not safe. I think the upside is great because it's, he's got it's only health out. though, right? With yeah, Darvish, it's, to- it's health. Thirty six. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's it's totally health and age. Uh, but I mean, I, I, the last I, three seasons, the last three full seasons for Darvish are full 31, 30, 30 starts. And so. I thought I, I thought I was like drunk or dreaming when I saw the Padres signed into a six year extension. That was interesting. Like what? I mean, I love Darvish and everything. They, they but... really committed, huh? He's 36 and they gave him six years. I know. I know. Maybe they know something that we don't. He found the fountain of youth out there. They could have given Carlos Rodon six years. San Diego's a great place to live. But yeah, six years, 108 mil. He's not only going to retire in San Diego, they're going to bury him there. Right. I mean, that's pushing him until he's 42. You know, we've seen some guys be unicorns there. It'd be really interesting, right? Because, like, again, he had a lot of health concerns um, after his first couple years in the States. But then, like I said, lately, he has developed into a bit of a workhorse. Like, the innings totals aren't off the charts at 179, 166, and 195. But like I said, 31, 30, and 30 starts for Darvish in those three seasons, 2019, 21, and 22. He just gets it done, man. And, you know, I guess there's a little sketchiness with the age, but uh, the market's still paying for him, SP24. I have no problem with either of these guys. I want them as my SP2, of course, maybe SP3 if I'm really stacking up. But um, I'll, I'll roster them without incident at all. I think they're nice guys as complementary pieces to whatever your SP1 is, right? If if I end up with like a Shane McClanahan who's got huge upside, uh, but, you know, some health risk, then 
Joe Musgrove makes a lot of sense to pair him with, right? A guy that is going to give you innings and they're going to be really good innings. Uh, and if you look at, if you have a guy that, you know, like a Sandy Alcon, uh, Alcantara, um, you know, maybe a Musgrove with that strikeout rate and a little bit more risk, uh, you know, it's a nice pairing there. So I think it kind of depends on where your pairing is, but I think they're both, like you said, real viable SP2s. Absolute studs there out in San Diego, the dads. Mm-hmm. The workhorse, your boy, Fromber, Fromber Valdez. Price is up now. You know, people know what he can do. SP25, not egregious, but uh, no longer kind of that sneaky bargain there. I got him at SP28. You have him at SP18, so you're still in on your guy. Innings is what you're getting here, right? And we've only seen it the one time because he got uh, he had that injury, that finger injury that, that cost him the early part of 2021. But once he got back... He put up 135 innings, you know, for the remainder of the year, and he was that consistent going six-plus inning guy. That's the beauty with Fromber, and again, it makes you – you should be careful about getting too upset about his strikeout rate because when you put up the volume, you still get the raw Ks, and at the end of the day, that is what matters, not not your rate, unless you're playing a K-9 or a K-percentage league. So he had 194 Ks last year. There's nothing wrong with that from Fromberto. Keeps the ball in the yard, 0.5 homer per nine is the AL best. So were his 201 innings, three complete games was an AL best. Fromber's a dude. He's a workhorse. You betting on another 200 innings from him this year? I am, but I'm very tentative about pulling the trigger. And Should you move him down then? Probably. Um, I'm super concerned about the shift with him. He's a guy Because that, he's ground ball god. Yeah, he is a ground ball god, and you look at his like splits between shift and not shift, and they're not pretty. No shift, he gets kind of eaten up, whereas he has really benefited from the shift. So he's a guy that really could struggle. Now, I think the Astros are one of the smartest organizations in baseball, mm-hmm. and they will figure out ways to help him kind of mitigate those issues. And again, it's not a banning of the shift. It's just a, a minimization. Yeah. You can't so, have stack your whole team on one side of second base. Yeah. So I think he will end up being fine, but I do have concerns and those concerns have prevented me from actually getting him in a draft. And so I think you want to be, I think he's one of the guys that you kind of look at and you go, well, if I take a really risky starter SP one, and then he's the guy I want to pair him with. Uh, and I don't actually know if that's the case. I think what, he's... Do you have your projections handy? I do. What, what, do, you, what do you got for Fromber on the innings, uh, ERA and whip? I have him for 200 innings. Okay. Um, and I have him for a 311 ERA and a 117 whip. All right, so you're actually a little bit higher on the ERA. I got a 308, but I have a 121 whip. So we're not that far off. I think the innings are probably our biggest difference there. I got 187, which you know I think is to- totally fine. I didn't quite push him for the 200 again. I, I wonder, I mean, I don't even know what you would necessarily, maybe raise, you raise the whip a little bit then. If, if that's I think you raise the whip and yeah. maybe even raise the ERA a little bit. Um, I also think he's a guy that could get more strikeouts if, if that's what the aim is. And maybe he, he, tries to go for a few more strikeouts but he's got double digit swing strike rates i mean it's 10 11 and usually the shorthand is to double that for an expected strikeout rate so he's been within that expected strikeout rate but if you are at the 10 11 mark there's no reason you can't push a 24 25 strikeout rate and maybe the idea the thinking here with fromber is that like he pushes for a few more k's instead of just taking that easy ground ball because it's not as easy now 
with no shift or, or less of a shift as, as we've highlighted regularly throughout this offseason. So I could see that. But, um, yeah, I mean, maybe just if you're not taking him at 18, uh, maybe you do have to lower him a little bit to express those concerns that you do have. You're not out on him because, again, the market doesn't have him at 18. But I mean, you do have a little concern. Part of the issue for me is that there's guys – I think this is kind of like the – the Zach Gallen and Alec Manoa, there are other guys going behind him that I have like right next to him. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always going to end up with Lance Lynn. I'm always going to end up, uh, you know, with other guys in that area kind of over him just because I'm getting a much bigger discount in the market yeah. than Framber, even though I'm higher than the market on Framber. I think that's fair. And uh, I'm eager to see how he does this year because. He's a good pitcher, and you know, get piling up those innings can definitely work. But you are now paying full price for him. Yeah. The skinny legend Tristan McKenzie, built like your boy, perfect <laughs> body comp. I love him out there, Doctor Sticks, as they call him. You know, the biggest issue here, and I, I do have some nerves about him. I love the season that he put up. I was able to cash in on it. Had him on a couple teams, including the main event team, and he really helped me out there, especially when Ian Anderson was gagging all over the place. Uh, McKenzie's breakout softened that blow, and he did put up 191 innings. That was really, really nice. That is the biggest concern, though, is can his, his you know, stop sign-like frame live up to 190 innings a season? We've seen it once. Does that mean we see it again? He dealt with tons of injury issues coming up. I do have a bit of a concern paying full price for McKenzie. Uh, you know, I want, I want to, I want to support my, my fellow stick figure. Uh, we stand together, but uh, you know, a strong wind can blow us over. And I think that uh, I, I'm, I'm pulling back a little bit on, on McKenzie. I got him down at 32 just because I'm not quite sure that we're seeing another 190 plus innings. I like the talent. I think the inning, inning per inning performance will be there, but I just don't know about the volume with McKenzie given his injury history. And I know I've talked in, you know, repeatedly about how we can't predict injuries that well. I'm not going to overly crush somebody for injuries. And I don't think I'm overly crushing him. I put him at 177 innings, but I do have to give some credence to somebody who is chronically injured. And last year was kind of his first year without anything. And so that's kind of where I stand with McKenzie. Well, what say you with regards to the Cleveland starter? Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I also know that he has had a kind of reoccurring uh, home run issue. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I would just worry, like I couldn't get him near or back near to like the, what do you, what do you have? 191 and a third last yeah. year. And you, I you got I him put 42 him, on your board, by the way. Yeah, I know. I put him at, I put him at one six or I put, give him 165. Or 41, uh, excuse me. Uh, 165. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the projection set here, and I know that like they don't all have individual um, playing time projections. For example, mm-hmm. the bat uses ATC, Steamer uses our depth charts. Uh, so, or no, is that uh, no. I forget what Steamer and depth charts are the same projection with different playing times. So that's what it is. That's that what it depth is. charts is Jason Martinez's playing time at roster resource. The, the lowest is Zips at one sixty two, uh, one hundred and sixty two innings. Everyone else is a buck eighty plus on McKenzie. And I want that to be right, but I do have concerns. Again, this is, you know, when when it comes to chronic injuries, somebody who's just repeatedly injured, I am going to give that a bit more credence. It's like the one-off injury guy that I'm not going to freak out and say, oh, he's he's injury prone and got to bump his innings. But somebody who consistently has these issues, I will have some concerns there. And, you know, 120 innings last year, 
or 140 if you include his AAA innings. Um, and then back in 20, he missed all of 2019. Back in 2018, it was 91 innings, 2017, 143 innings, which is a pretty full minor league season, but that's back, you know, it's six years ago now. I just, I can't quite get him to, uh, to anything but the high 170s for Tristan McKenzie. I also have concerns about him seeing a more balanced schedule. He got a really, really light schedule, uh, not just pitching in the central, but just the way the games fell for him, especially in the second half where he really dominated. And so I wonder if now that he's going to be seeing more teams from other divisions uh, and from the National League, like, is he going to have struggles in terms of, like, you know. Don't you dare. Don't you dare besmirch him. Counterpoint. Winning percentage of 500 or better, 84 innings of a 237-080 whip. He Ooh. dominated the good teams. I hear what you're saying, and it makes sense in principle, but then you look at it, and the numbers say, hey, when he faced those teams, he was he, he was unflinching. If any, The Twins actually got him and beat him up a little bit, 31 innings, 546 ERA. Uh, he rocked the Sox. He rocked the but Royals. Those were the early early games against the Twins, and then when the Twins had nobody like healthy, like he dominated them late. That's so I, I was just looking at the second half because the second half is what really propelled him into being such like a really great fantasy uh, asset last year. And like you look at like oh he got to play like the beat up White Sox and the beat up Twins and the Royals and uh, the Orioles and uh, you know it's like oh okay he, well he cooked in Coors. He beat up the the Astros twice. Um, he went into Toronto, stood tall. Uh, he went to Seattle, and you know their playoff contender late in August. He put up a baseline quality start. Played Baltimore well at home. I mean, yeah, he, I hear. He honestly, he honestly he cooked all season long. He had two bad starts against the like that back to back start in late June against the Twins, and that and was, he was it. actually really good all year. As McKenzie, we're still talking about. I want to highlight one thing that you did bring up that is that is an issue that the home runs yeah and when when he's off home runs are there and even in this great season 1.2 homer nine which is a little high and if he gives back some of that command that he showed this year with a six percent walk rate those turn into two and three run homers instead of solo shots mm -hmm. that is enough of a concern there to to you know uh, hold that over his head 357 sierra 359 fip compared to the 296 era so i think we have some valid concerns I think you're more out on him than I am because I got him 32. You got him 41. And the I should says, probably move him up a little bit. Um, I think maybe I'm a little unfair on the innings. I mean, I, I got him in the 170s. I, I, I still couldn't get a get go 180 plus on McKenzie. The market says SP 26 though, and I am a little bit nervous to pay full freight. There's no way I can my get boy. close to that. Yeah. So you know, even if you do move him up, I think you're still going to end up being out. And I consider myself a fan, and I'm not in compared to the market either. Like I look, I look at his like just like baseline projection of you know about a strikeout an inning. A 355 ERA and a 109 whip. Like I, I don't think that's out of pocket, but that's no. where it end, he ends up him at, you know, starting pitcher 42. I think this is yeah. just more of a matter of I like other guys more than him. It's and the 165 innings too, though. Because yeah. if you gave him 10 more, he he's moving up eight spots. Yeah, if I gave him 185, like I gave uh brady singer he'd probably be ahead of brady singer i, I bet he jumps up exactly all right uh the biggest risk reward guy out there i think in in this in this general top 30-ish type uh type level he's going sp 27 so yeah is tyler glass now now there's I other guys 
going higher that, you know, they have some concerns too, you know, Strider's SP6 or whatever, but he's done it. Glasnow's never done it, but the market is ready to be hurt again. SP27 is a big layout for somebody who's made 100 innings once as a major leaguer. And that was back in 2018. And it wasn't even that good because the Pirates innings weren't very good. And then that was when he got traded over that year. And uh, he was he was all right with, with the Rays that year. But that's the only time he's ever been over 100 major league innings. He had 88 in 2021, which were excellent. But then he, he was felled by injury yet again. And he only had six and two-thirds last year coming back from injury. I think it's because he's hot. If he was <laughs> ugly, no shot. No so shot. Where, where is he going SP-wise in the market? 27. You have top, a 22 top 100 pick. Oh yeah, I'm in. Oh okay, no, I'm in. I'm in. No, no, I'm part. Of, I'm part of the problem. Oh yeah, because I mean, like I I love listening to other podcasts, right? I think there's some people who are like, oh, I don't want to listen to other podcasts because I don't want to be uh, influenced. Um, but I mean, I started are, are, on. Are, are their convictions that shaky that they listen to somebody else? And like, I got to do everything that this guy says. I think I no. I think they. I, I know. They, I'm, I'm talking shit. I think they want to be original. Um, and I don't mind I not being original, original too. But I love listening to baseball. I think I, I think people. I think you can say what you want about me as an analyst or a fantasy player, and I, I'm. I think I'm about as original as they come. So I'm not super worried about being influenced. And I listen to some really smart guys in, in the pitching world. You know. Uh, our boy Nick Pollock, our boy Eno Saras, and everybody keeps talking about him being a top 15, top 25 starter. You know why? Be- why? Because he only needs like 125 innings to do it. He's one of those guys, Glass now is, that even on the small sample, for example, I mentioned Strider a moment ago. Um, Kershaw's another one last year. Like there's a few guys last year that that were top 30 guys with a, t- a relatively tiny uh, sample. And I do think that he can be one of those dudes. I really do. I mean, uh, Gonsolin was the seventh pitcher with 130 innings last year. Uh, let's see here. Christian Javier, 148 innings, and he was uh, the 14th pitcher. I mentioned, who, who were the two? Uh, Strider. Strider was uh, 131 innings, and he was nine, SP19. Kershaw was SP 17 with 126 innings. Glass now can be a top 25 guy. He doesn't even have to go that much above 100. Now, I grant, I understand. I, I just got done saying he's only gone over 100 once. And so there is risk there. But when he pitches, he is excellent. I think we have seen now at least these last, you know, three seasons of work, 19, 20, 21, which are all small samples. So I will include the 20 because that's one of his bigger samples. Uh, It's 206 innings of a 280-098 with 290 strikeouts. So I think think we're getting drunk on – and I I include myself. Like I said, I got him 22. I'm in because I think if you can get to the 120 innings even, he's going to return this price. He's never re- he's never gotten the one I know. Like, I understand. I, I don't I, understand I, how people can it. project him for it. Like he's coming off of a year where he threw eleven innings, if you include the postseason. Tommy John honeymoon, baby. It, but Tommy John isn't like like Tommy the Tommy John honeymoon doesn't protect you from other injuries. He's had other injuries. Like he's sure. constantly been injured. Um, and here's the thing. Do we? I I know like the five postseason innings were really really good. Where he really mm-hmm. looked like himself, he was fantastic, right? Do we even know what Tyler Glass now is 
without sticky tack because we have to remember he got hurt like literally when in 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 really attributed getting hurt to not having the sticky stuff on his hands. I, I think Eno has suggested that the sticky stuff's kind of back. Yeah, that 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 regulation isn't isn't really as tight anymore. That guys are finding ways. He's got those long flowing locks. He can put a little something in there. Um, we we saw Joe Musgrove. You know, just go to the ear a little bit. I mean, I think there's ways around that. I really think it's a situation where because Glass now, you know, doesn't need to get a full season, doesn't need to get 30 starts and, and 170 innings to be this good, that it kind of goes back to my principle of like we don't really have a firm enough handle on on predicting injuries. And he's been chronic. Again, I, yeah, I understand I that. But the upside is still massive. Yeah, I totally understand that the upside and is so massive. So it's worth but... taking the shot for a lot of people because like if you're in a 10 team league, do it. If you're even in a 12 team league with IL spots, you know, uh, and oh, not super I'm going to do it in a 15 team league too. I, I think it is such a bad process. And this may be a situation like, so I, I've talked about recently that not only am I going to do a this year's Cedric Mullins article, I'm going to do a bunch of this year's blank players articles. And some of them are going to be funny. Like this year's Aaron judge, the guy I fade that, completely that like, goes on to have a historic season or whatever, you know? Um, and one of them is going to be this year's Justin Verlander because Justin Verlander, I faded for all the right reasons last year and he just went out and shoved anyways. And Tyler Glass now will faded him for the right reasons. Though. I did fade him for the right reasons. Um, I think the process is still right, but the results, you know, they didn't work out for me. And I'm okay fading guys like that. I th- unicorns, I feel- baby. Got to watch out for them unicorns. There are unicorns, but I- I'm not going to – I'm I'm not going to account for them all the time. So uh, I think this is a situation in which I'm completely going to fade Tyler Glass now. I have him, like, outside of my top 40 starters. There is no way I can get him. He will be my first throw. What's your in projection almost- for him? Uh, probably, like, seven innings. I mean, uh, it, it better be it. like double-digit innings. I have to scroll down. Because that's the only way that that works, to have him that low, is double-digit innings. Uh, all right. So I have him at, I have him at SP47. Um, and I have him for 130 innings. What the uh, hell is his performance in 130? I, I, I'm I sorry, your projection's it. rough then. I have him for 165 strikeouts, a 3.46 ERA, and a 109 whip. I just think that ERA is too high. The 109, like, I, okay, it's, you know, sub 110 whip, cool. But why a 346? If you got him for 130 innings, I, I, I thought you were going to have him for like 82 innings, which I would have understood more. So you're projecting him to set a new high in innings too. So how can how can it be that wrong that we are, those of us that are bought in on him, if, if we're putting Glass now for 120 plus innings as well, you're doing the same. We just believe more in the performance. So it's actually a performance disagreement, which – you lose me there. You, you got me what? if you're, you're going to say. I, I mean, he's a career four ERA guy. That you, you really think that's who he is? Are no, you really, really going to use just, that I, Pittsburgh numbers? It's he's three hundred five point ninety nine as a as a Ray. Do, do I even do I even care about the Pittsburgh? I literally could not care less on those. So if I'm going a buck thirty innings, I I really think you gotta. You got to consider a lower I, ERA. But even if I drop him to like bring him in line with other projection systems, which is a 330, I don't think that changes. I also think your K's are too low. 
Why why eleven Ks per nine? He's he's twelve two with the Rays. Um he was twelve six in twenty twenty one, fourteen three in twenty, eleven three. I think part of it is I, I'm accounting for if he does go 130 innings. I didn't feel comfortable giving him the 80 innings because I think he will, you know, probably get close to his career high, if not go over it, right? And so I, I gave him 130, even though I do feel a little uneasy about even giving him 130. He's in a contract year. The Rays have nothing tied to him after this year. Yeah, I uh, think they're gonna let. I think they're gonna I think, let. Uh, I think they will uh, give him an opportunity. Yeah, I think we will give him an opportunity to go. We we don't know how he is gonna fatigue, right? Like we don't know. Like is he a guy that loses stuff, loses command as the season goes on? Because we've never seen him get to a point in a season where he's over a hundred something innings. And so I understand, I think, but I he's there just, are, he's just been so great with the Rays that I, you, I'm going to take that shot. I, I totally understand. And more power to you, better you than me. Um, but I think, I don't, I think it is a mistake to say he's going to be this elite guy that we've seen in double digit in totals over the course of a triple inning digit, you know, digit total. Hey, this is one of those situations where, if I'm wrong and you're right, uh, you have him too low. Like, if, um, if you believe he can get to 150 in terms of innings and keep put that tough, I put him, I got, well, I can put 145. So just five shy of that. Okay. I mean, I put a 292 ERA and a 0.99 whip. I don't think I have him too low at 22. Like, again, those guys I mentioned that have, have were under these 150 innings totals. And and able to to really still put up a top twenty something season. The highest guy was uh, was Glass now because of his his hit rate was just off the charts. And so I don't you know um, you know I guess there could be a Degrom type thing where what what was it when he had ninety six innings he was like the third best pitcher still, which is yeah. absolutely bananas. So I don't know that I, I have him too low if he gets to one forty five. I'm I'm comfortable having him at twenty two though. I I have a hard time, and I know we're spending a lot of time on Tyler Glass now. That's right. I mean, he's he's a pivotal player. I think he really is. I have a hard time not only projecting. I have a hard time projecting a guy we've never seen do it do it. And but you did. That's my, that's where I disagree with you is because you are doing that by giving him I would, you'd have me much more sold if you gave him 85 innings projected. All right. I'll, I'll drop him 85. I mean, you don't have to. I'm just saying <laughs> because your biggest what? issue is the innings. Well, why, why is Justin's rank of Tyler Glass now at 69? Why, that is why did, not nice. Well, it yeah. is not very nice that he dropped. I'd probably him drop him lower. I'd probably have him outside my top 80 or something like at that. At 88 innings, it, it would it would drop him quite a bit unless he made his ERA like 240 or something. So we'll see. You know, he's going to be one of those guys that, um, you know, I, I don't like to throw this around too much with the league winner stuff, but he could be. He, 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 absolutely, he absolutely really could be there, so, but he, but he's he, not cheap either. So like you're, he could be a league winner, but you're paying for it. SP 27 yeah. is a, is a shell out for glass now. Um, but I think these are worthy debates to kind of figure out where we're at. I, the feedback I got is that people like debates like this. So yeah, we did spend a lot of time on him, but I don't think we have a hard out today. So I think we can continue to go and, uh, and, and continue to talk about a handful more starters here for me, um, for me, if, if, when I'm taking my SP2, which is where he's going, he's going as an SP2, and he probably will go higher. But you can higher. make him your SP3, and he, I think he will go higher in March. I agree with that on Glass yeah. now. Uh, I want safety. I want that's, relative it's a, that's safety. That's a myth, though. That's a myth. That's the, that's the whole it, thing that I I've been trying to hammer. I, I understand it's a myth in terms of, like, 
you can't predict injuries and things like that. But there are guys who are just inherently safer than others because of their track record. And Tyler Glass now has shown his track but, but record, that, not just coming off though. of Tommy Inher- John. You say inherently. That's the perception is that they are, but we don't know. And so I don't like to – it comes down to a, a measure of degree, right? Like you think sure. he's this much safer. I think someone like George Kirby is this much safer. You know what I'm saying? Like because yeah, you know, I, I whoever – I, I just, I just I think, think somebody that's like right behind him. But I, I think I'm proven year in, year, year in, year out that I'm not wrong because we see guys that are healthy get hurt because that's pitching. And, again, I've said this every – But we also see guys who aren't healthy just not be healthy. Mike Soroka, Jacob DeGrom. Like, sure. Like I think you can find – But I will, take, I will take the risk because the upside is worth it, right? Nothing I, is certain. I Nothing is certain. The, I will take the risk later in the draft. I'd rather but, my but it won't be this high of upside. Andrew Heaney disagrees. Oh my god, I'm Andrew Heaney, give me a break. <laughs> All right, we will move on then. Tower Glass now. And again, you didn't factor in how hot he is. So that moves him up. That, and see that I forgot to put that in my projection. You gotta put you, you gotta put the hotness in your in your projection. You're right. That I'm, really I'm, moves him I'm, up. I'm, Mm-hmm. Killian Murphy lookalike there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we, our next three ones are just groups of, of pitchers on the same team that are happening to go by each other. So let's do the Mariners talk. It's been talked about a lot in the community this year because these, they got three guys going really near each other. You know, after by the way, they're, how good could their rotation be? We talked about Castillo. Their rotation, could and now we got three unreal. guys right here: George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, and Robbie Ray. All three going by each other, uh, and they offer you different Brad, things. Matt Brash turns into like even like. A halfway decent starter, even Are they though they like, start him, they're giving him an opportunity to start. Okay, I thought I, yeah, I thought they were going to commit to him. I think he's, I, I think I he still think ends up work. in the bullpen. Yeah, I don't think it'll work, but his stuff is nasty. And if they could but, get you, any if that's command, five. Oh, I know. If they get a shred of command for Matt Brash, oh. it could be over for the AL West. But the three guys yeah. that are going there, Kirby, Gilbert, Ray, they offer you different things, right? The two command artists, and then the guy who. Robbie Ray has upped his control, but I still wouldn't call it command. I think he no. shows the difference between command and control. He fills the zone now. He doesn't walk everyone. He trusts his stuff, but he still doesn't always know where the ball's going. And that's what that's what command is. And he's a home run machine still. But you know, he had the Cy Young season. I thought his follow-up was fine. I expected a pretty big drop-off, and he went from the 284, 104 to 371, 119 in 189 innings. I thought that was totally fine. Um, because that, that was kind of where my expectation was of Ray. But you got these three guys here. Who's your favorite and uh, any of them that you're that you're hard targeting between Kirby, Gilbert, and Ray? And for those watching, I am going to run because I have some groceries on the on the porch real quick that I'm going to get. So you lay out on these guys, and I'll be right back. Yeah, I am hard targeting uh, both Gilbert and Kirby. Uh, and Gilbert is the one that I seem to end up with the most because he tends to go a little bit later in the market than a guy like Kirby. Uh but I like them both. I think they both can be really, really good this year. I think they both have really good arsenals, uh, really good command and control. Uh, I think the thing that gives me a little bit more uh, excitement about a guy like Logan Gilbert over George Kirby is the fact that Logan Gilbert uh, threw a ton of innings last year already, uh, whereas Kirby is still kind of building up that innings workload. So... I'm totally fine targeting either Kirby or Gilbert. Uh, Gilbert's just the guy that I end up with because of the innings, and he goes a little bit later in drafts to begin with already. Ray, I'm just a little scared of. Yeah, uh, and I think it's understandable because, again, the home runs haven't gone anywhere. And It's and really interesting. He actually had a lower barrel rate 
last year and gave and like and had Maybe he's given up some cheapies. But but again, yeah. he's filling the zone. You know, he's not walking guys as much. He gave back some of the walk rate from six seven to uh to eight flat. But he I mean he used to be a double digit walk rate guy like all the time. Um, and I, I heard you, you know, I got caught the tail in there where you said you prefer Gilbert because of where he's going. You know, you got in him the innings. Yeah. Gil See, Gilbert threw 180 something innings last year. And there's a pretty decent divide. Or, in sorry, sorry. Yeah, Gilbert threw 180. There's a pretty decent divide between Kirby and Gilbert in the market where I see them much more similarly. Um, I think some people are really in on, on Kirby being um, a, a standard deviation or two better than, than Gilbert. And I'm just, I'm not quite seeing it. Like I understand some of the issues that Gilbert had last year, but you talk about having that dog in him the way we said with Manoa. And I know that's an intangible type thing, but I really do see that bulldog mentality. And, and, you know, that's coming from, you know, anecdotal watching a few starts where, the situation got sticky for Gilbert and he worked his way out of it. Right. I could just as easily see a start where he got runners on and the floodgates open and he gave up four runs. Right. So I understand that like, I'm not putting too much into that whole dog in him theory, but I do, I do think that Gilbert has it. And I do think he has the, the, and when I say it, I just mean that, that quote unquote, it, the command and control, the ability to fight. And I do think there's some more upside to the K rate for both these guys. What surprised me about the Kirby love is he had a sub 10%. I mean, you know, if you rounded, it, it's 10% swing strike rate, but 9.7 was the actual figure. That gives me a little bit of concern about his strikeouts. I guess if they see the the slider coming forward and, and getting more swings and misses, I can see that. But that is a projection because it's not in there right now with a 9.7. At least Gilbert was at 10.8, call it 11% on the swinging strike rate. So I prefer Gilbert a little bit more as well. I like Kirby. Uh, actually, no, I'm lying. Kirby is higher in my projections, but I, I have been very close. How many in I, my issue with Kirby is versus Gilbert is, uh, and I mean, I literally have all three Kirby of these guys. Buck 80. I, I have, uh, well, are you after only throwing 130? Do you think he's going to get 50 more innings? I think so. Okay, I think I, I think he's efficient, but I put Gilbert for, I have him for 175. So, like, I'm right there with you. I actually. put Gilbert for 197. Yeah, I put uh, one eighty, I think, for uh, for Gilbert. You were gonna say how close you have all three. I have all three. How how, how close is it? Because I have all three in a tight eight person, <laughs> ten person range. And remember, I literally these are just like I did my projections. Let the projections spit out the number and then copy paste it. Right. So like I didn't. I have Kirby thirty, or sorry, I have, I have uh, Gilbert thirty, Kirby thirty one. Robbie Ray 32. I like, love it. Literally. I love they, it. it. Not on purpose at all. All ended up right next to I love week. when that happens, though, because, yeah. yeah, we are doing numbers. So it, it it's not something that we're, like, saying, oh, we, we're going to rank these guys together because mm -hmm. they're on the same team. It's just where the numbers are coming out. So, okay, I think I'm looking at it right now. You know, and somebody asked me this in my chat about, like, you know, I like these debates that you guys are doing on the pod, but, like, is it wrong for you to, like, change your projections on the fly? It's like, well – I don't have an algorithm, right? Like these yeah. are. So when I hear a I, point, we're not smart. Yeah, yeah. So we're like idiots. we, like the reason why, like Paul's still finishing up his projections and mine, like you know, took forever to do is because we're not just pressing a button and just spitting out the number. We're actually having to sit there. And, and by go, the way, that's not dogging out the people who do that. They have a no, system that's great. They're, but we're they're smart by hand. Yeah, we're taking. I a wish long I. Time. I wish I was as smart as them and could, like, I wish I could just like you know press a button and it populates everything for me. That would um, be nice. But this is fun, and I've I've enjoyed the process. Me too. I think I put a little bit too high on Gilbert's ERA because I do think he can improve. 
on where his Sierra is. I don't have him improving on his ERA from last year, which was 320, but I had him pretty close to his Sierra, which is a 384. Uh, I'm 355. Yeah, so I got closer to that there. I, I just shaved off a couple runs. I just think he's a little bit better than that, and I wanted to tighten the gap between those two because I really do feel myself. I've been taking Gilbert more than Kirby, although I have both. Um, I have both on one team too. I said, you know what? Go Mariners. Uh, okay, so I moved. I moved a few runs off of Gilbert's total, and now I have them two spots apart. So you will see that reflected probably by the time you're listening to this, I'll re-upload into the tool and uh, you'll see Kirby and Gilbert. Breaking news. What do we got? Lance McCullers is experiencing some arm soreness and is being shut down. Oh shit. This water's wet. (laughs) It's Hunter Brown time though, baby. Hell yeah, babe. Shout out to Jason Collette in our little group chat. And he's the one who sent that and said, Hunter Brown's going to move up 75 spots in ADP. I mean, I was already moving. I'm I'm already like on that mm-hmm. brown train. So I'm glad I got some shares already because I know that that price is going to rise. I tell you what, I I am on this alone. I mean, let me. I, I should get some details before I just wildly move it. But I think I'm gonna move. I how many how many innings you got Brown for right now? I don't know. I, I've got him really low. So I, I got a buck eleven, and uh, I think I'm gonna move him up to like one and a quarter just I just on that alone. I legit can't find him on my ranking sheet right now. So, uh, do you hate Hunter Brown? Oh, he's like right in front of me. I have him for a hundred innings. Hundred innings flat. Hundred innings flat. Yeah. Okay, so that's not bad. I'm a little uh, bit more aggressive, but like nothing crazy there. I love Hunter Brown though. I'm really, really, uh, really, really excited for him this year. You have him 116 in your rankings. I had him 80. He's obviously going to move up from 80 there if I give him those extra uh, 14 innings. But I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I even, think I need. Even though McCullers I, isn't even out yet, by the way, <laughs> maybe I'm overreacting a little bit. I should probably move him up from 100 because I mean he threw 126 between AAA and yeah. And I don't think he's. I think he's starting in the majors, right? Like he's not. Going I think to so. The I think he's gonna be out of the bullpen for them. You know, I even threw him. I sauced him a couple of saves, which definitely hurt, helps his projection. Just because I could see him getting some like two, three inning saves there if he mm-hmm. is in that hybrid role. Obviously, if we get to if McCullers is, is injured and we start the season with Brown, and it's not like your rotation, is like huge like like roadblock, right? As much as I like him, the health you want to talk about somebody who has been persistently hurt. My my only concern either. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not that good part that really is an issue. And, I, uh, and I've liked him. I, I've looked for. I, I've seen a path to pr- improvement for Rikidi. He just hasn't taken it. Like he, no. he fell back last year in just about everything. And he was decent, 394, 117. You're not upset with that for 164 innings. But I felt like, okay, you got the arsenal. You got some swing and miss. Take that jump. And his strikeout rate went down from 21 to 20. So that's yeah, I think, I, I think the only issue with that is like, does Rikidi stuff play up at all in the bullpen? I mean, everyone does, does a little bit, but yeah, not that much. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Whereas Brown becomes a god out of the moment. Yeah, exactly. So I just worry about that. But yeah, I think I need to project him for more innings uh, and maybe actually even lower his whip a little bit. I gave him a buck 25, and then I have a 343, 122 ERA whip for him. Yeah, I got him as like a 126 whip. Honestly, my ranking is definitely influenced by eight wins and, and two saves. Like it sounds like not that much, but as we've t- told John Bunch, you put in a win or two, and all of a sudden, the guy. I've got him at jump. six. Yeah, I've got him at six wins. And and he'll. I think if he is relieving, though, 
Brown is viable in deeper mixers. And of course, AL only, he'll be awesome because he's going to get some of those sneak wins. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I would never project the reliever for this because some reliever does it every year, but you can never know who. But he could be that 12 win guy. Like if he ends up relieving most of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if Brown had like 12 wins and three saves in, in you know, 108 yeah. innings or something like that. So, all right. Well, that's McCullers there. That was a little breaking news. Uh, via via Jason. Let's go to the two Yankees, the lefty and righty combo there, Nestor Cortez and Luis Severino. Now, Cortez got a little bit of bad news. He's not going to pitch for the WBC American team because of a hamstring issue. And so that's kind of a bummer, but I didn't move anything off of him. I, I didn't move him down off of that. I didn't take any innings off because that's just like a slower start to his spring. And I don't think that that's reason to just say boom you're out he's just being smart about taking care of himself and saying okay i'm gonna skip the wbc let me get this hamstring under order so unless he has a setback in march i'm not moving anything off of that what did you do to the nestor cortez uh was there any reaction to the hamstring news for you or did you leave him as well i left him as well i i think that i think you're gonna see a few of these kind of um issues well you know some guys are gonna throw like yeah. bunch, you know, just little things pop up and people get so scared because it's the first news of the year to Grom side mm-hmm. tightness. Oh my God, move him down. You know, there's so no, much. I, I dropped, I, yeah, I dropped DeGrom out of my top 200 starters with that. Like, <laughs> can't no, have that like, side tightness. I'm, I'm not going to drop guys based on like, we haven't even seen guys on mountains yet. It, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, I'm you, just, I'm not gonna, if there is like a real, uh, like a real issue like yeah i think the one that bothers me a little bit is like the felix batista news like that one scares the crap out, out of me because i love um, him too i do too and uh and so like he he's one okay now i'm gonna wait until i see you on a mound and there are guys like that there are gonna be guys where i go uh i i'm not gonna draft you until i see you pitch um mm-hmm. or see you hit or whatever uh but I, i'm not super worried about N- uh, nestor cortez at all I'm not worried about Luis Severino. Uh, I think Luis Severino is going to get unleashed a little bit this year. He is uh, a free agent at the end of the year as well. I think Nestor Cortez has shown that his wonky delivery uh, and pitch timing just screws with people and kind of overplays his stuff a little bit, which is fantastic. And I but love he, watching a pitch. And, but also uh, in fairness to Cortez, like he's got a good swing strike rate. He's not yeah, just yeah, up no. there on, on deception. You know, 11% is solid. It, it does overplay though. Like you said, 11% yeah. netting a 27% K rate, but you know, and he doesn't walk anybody either, which is always so that, huge. Yeah. That's the big thing. Uh, I do wonder if like at some point he like things catch up to him a little bit, but uh, especially pitching a Yankee stadium. But I think ultimately, I think he's a pretty safe bet uh, as long as he's healthy. Uh, I'm not super worried about the hamstring issue. If it was an arm issue, I'd probably be a little bit more worried about it. But uh, I still wouldn't even be worried until we get to March. And they say that because right now everything's still on track for Nestor to, to reach opening day. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he has the opening day start, but you know what I mean? Be there when, yeah. when things kick off. He's um, definitely with- not the opening day starter. With Sevi, yeah, Cole Rodon. He's yeah. probably fourth. Cole Rodon, Sevi, and then him. Um, with Sevi, 102 innings last year in the, in the return. You know, first time uh, we've seen a, a volume out of him in quite some time since 2018. What do you got him for innings this year? You pushing him? You get you saying okay, they're going to turn him loose 160, 170. You being more cautious on a 140, 150. Where do you at on Luis Severino's innings? I put him 155. I felt okay. like that was. Uh, somewhat aggressive, but also giving me some room to play with. 
Um, but I think he's a guy that if he throws 180, I'm not going to be surprised at all. And I think whatever he throws, it's going to be really, really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got him as a 337 ERA, a 109 whip. Um, and that might even be downplaying what his actual skills are because he's legitimately never really been bad. Um, no. And I mean, I'm a huge. Awesome. I think the real question is how many innings do we think he gets? Because if he's a 180, 180 guy, then I think he's legitimately in play to be like an low end SP one SP two uh, that you can so get as an SP three or four right now. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Severino. Yeah. I really think there's big upside for Severino. I've only got him at 144 innings right now, but like that could shoot up. I, I like him as somebody that his upside is just volume there because if yeah. he, like you said, if he does go 175 plus Sevy's an absolute G. So I, I like both those guys. I'm a you know, I think the market will tamp down, uh, Cortez's price based on the hamstring. I'll take the discount. And then with Sevy, I like the built-in upside of just mm-hmm. if he can stay healthy. Uh, the two Reds, the, the young bucks there, Hunter Green and Nick Liddell, a lot of excitement for both these guys across the market. Uh, we're looking at Hunter Green at SP34, Nick Liddell at SP37. So both top 40 guys, despite being on a crappy team, rough park, but their talent is through the roof. Uh, let's start with Green. Are you bought in on him? Because I think he's somebody who's going to have a lot of helium. So if you like him, you should be taking him in these winter drafts because I think he's going to be close to like SP25 by spring, if he has a big spring. Where did you say he was going in the market? SP34. So I'm already out. Like it's just, I have him in SP40. Okay. You could could get him. I mean, like, you know, you're not, you're not dead in the water there. Um, You know, on his low end, you're probably still able to get green, but in a room where, Anybody likes him, you're not getting him for sure. And he's going to be a guy, like you said, that's like inside the top 30, maybe even inside the top 25 come like main event drafts and, and, yep. and drafts. Him. Like people are going to just push him. And for good reason, he has an amazing arm. Like the arm talent is unquestionable. I think what he, th- I think he threw more 100 plus, 100 mile an hour plus pitches than like everybody else in baseball. I believe it. Uh, I mean, yeah. as a starter too, right? When a reliever does that, yeah. you're like, okay, that makes sense. When a starter does it, oh my god! Like it, it's unreal. I have two major concerns. The first major concern is that he is not a whip asset. No, he could be a whip killer, to be honest. Yeah, green. absolutely. Even, even in the fantastic year last year, he had a 121 whip, and I mean, fantastic, not really fantastic, but. Let's uh, we'll, we'll look at like first half, second half, because he was fantastic in the second half, which is where a lot of people are getting the excitement, right? He had a 102 ERA in the second half. Tough part um, is it was only six starts, you know? So we're putting yeah. a lot on a tiny sample for Green. And I, I include myself, you know, I got him pretty much with the market there. Uh, I have Hunter Green ranked 36, so I'm right there with the market. But I do worry that maybe we're getting a little too aggressive over a, a tiny sample because I still think there's volatility there with that command. I don't think it's fixed because of six great starts. And yeah, and that's the problem because people are looking at like, oh, you know, 102 ERA, he only gave up one home run, he fixed the home run issue. I don't know that he fixed the home run issue. I don't think he fixed it. I think yeah. you know, and he still pitches in Cincinnati, which is the other issue. Yeah. And it's not just the park. I think people people are like, well, he pitches in Great American Brock Products and hurt him. That it's definitely gonna hurt him. But I think the bigger issue is Defense. He pitches for the Reds, who are not going to win games. No, that's true. And while you while wins are fluky, 
you don't win games on bad teams. Yeah, yeah. You still um, veer toward the good teams, right? Yes, yeah. a bad team guy can spike a 15, even a 17, 18 out of nowhere. Like that shit happens, but you don't project it. You got to go off of what we think is going to happen, and you still want the best team's guys. And so now you're talking about a guy who is now a two-category pitcher, right? ERA and strikeouts. Strikeouts are going to happen. He's going to get a ton of strikeouts. Yeah. We know this, right? I think the ERA will be palatable at worst. Um, sub four? You think sub four for under green? I think sub four is in the conversation. I also wouldn't be surprised if it's over four. Uh, but I think he is potentially a whip killer. And then I know he's not going to win a lot of games. Do I want my SP3 or potentially now SP2 as he starts to rise to be a guy who only contributes to me in two categories? Yeah, people could be getting a little drunk on him. What what, what did you end up projecting him? Because I put 367-121 for 169 innings on green with 213 punches. You know, the strikeouts are going to be off the charts. Um, and that's what got me to 36. You're at 40, so you're probably not that far off. I've got him at a four, pretty much a four flat. ERA a 401 and a 118 whip with 212 strikeouts in 155 innings. I'm sorry, what was the ERA and whip? 401 and 118. Okay, so you actually have a lower whip than I do, but a higher ERA and then 200 plus strikeouts. So again, we're not that far off. We're four ranks. So I knew our projections weren't going to be crazy different. I put 10 wins. You might, you probably have nine to 10 as well. Uh, yeah, I give him 10 wins. Yeah. So, uh, we're not, we're not too far off there. I, I don't think you're necessarily out. Uh, I mean, if he rises, sure. I'm not, ranking, I'm not out because I think like, especially if you have a really safe start of your rotation, he makes a lot of that shot, but yeah. I do think that the, the helium will rise on, on green. And you know what? I'll take the constellation of the, of the other red and go with Lodolo. You, however, will not, you have him <laughs> 63rd, uh, no love for Lodolo. Help me out on that one. Where, where are you at with Nick Lodolo? He had a uh, 30% K rate, 9% walk rate, 366 ERA, 125 whip in 103 innings. Uh, you're not buying it. No, I mean, same same kind of thing. I think he's a whip killer, uh, and I think he's not going to win games. Like you, just... you don't think he's got better potential command than Green? Um, I think his command is better. I don't know that his control is that much better. Okay. And I think he is much more hittable. Um, now, I think he still has the potential to be really good. Uh, and I think that I probably need to give him a couple more wins. They only gave him eight wins. And I think that might change things pretty dramatically. I mean, yeah, if you put him up to the 10 um, that you gave Green, I bet it would be. I think I need to give him more innings. Maybe I need to give him like 12 more innings because I haven't 140. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I, I like him threw, to get 170 he, plus. He, he did have an one, injury last year. He threw 114 last year. So I think I can get him to one no, no, I, I'm right. I'm 140 is right. He's 25. I mean, you're in line with with um you know the projections are in the 150. I guess steamer's up at 176. I don't know. I think he's you know 25 year old. I don't see any reason to like really hold him back. So unless Nick Lodolo gets hurt, I think we're looking at 30 starts. And I think I think we should see a, a relatively full season there in a 30-31 start situation. I got him for 100, uh, 169. So right there with Green at 169. I like both. I have them very close. They're, they're three spots apart. Um, I don't know. I think I think Lodolo, 
I don't know that he's better than Green, especially with that K rate. But he had a 30% K rate himself, Lodolo did. Yeah, I mean, they're so, both legit really good. I definitely need to adjust, I think, his projection a little bit. Maybe give him a couple more wins. Um, and I think that alone will jump, jump him up fairly high. Uh, but I don't know how much more comfortable I am at giving him more than 140 innings. Maybe 145, maybe even 150. You know, he's never uh, last year was the most things he's thrown as a pro. I mean, he was just drafted in in 19. So it's not he's had all these seasons. Mm -hmm. You know, the 20 season was a big loss. He's one of those guys that, you know, kind of lost a season of development there. Not that he didn't do anything, but you didn't get 100 plus innings of gameplay. And then in 2021, he only threw 50 and two thirds because of injury. And then last year as well, because of injury, he was limited to 114, like you said, with Nick Lodolo. So I'm in on either. Um, I already have shares of both. So uh, I, 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 I don't have either. And I don't think I'm going to have very much of either. If I don't expect to get crazy though, because they're on a bad team and I don't want too many shares of guys on bad teams. I just really, <laughs> really don't. Um, so, you know, that's kind of my situation with, with those two for sure. Let's talk about a couple more workhorses, Logan Webb and Lance Lynn. I know you're a big Lance Lynn guy. I like him as well. Um, you have Lance Lynn 21 to my 31 though. So I'm more with the market. You are above the market. You've already mentioned that he's somebody that you're taking and you talk about guys that, um, you know, you're, you're missing out on, even though you don't like them, it's because of your gallons, your Manoas and your Lance Lynn shares, I would imagine too. He's SP 39. If you've got him at 21, you're getting him a lot. So I'm ahead of the market as well, but you are ahead of the market. Are you just seeing another return to uh, the, the workload prominence for Lance Lynn um, at age 36, though? Yeah, I mean, he was like legitimately a top 15 pitcher in the second half. He was like, a monster. He was an absolute monster. And I chalk up a lot of what we saw in the first half to. Uh, the kind of coming off the injury and just not being right yet. But once he was right uh, and had some kind of, you know, shook the rust off, he was just fantastic. I think there's no reason to think as long as he's healthy in spring training, which so far there hasn't been any bad reports on him, uh, that he can be a 180 inning monster again that just volumes his way to being really, really good. Uh, I think the while the White Sox didn't like make any like major like moves to make themselves a lot better. I think just better health outcomes makes them a yeah. much better team. Um, so they got I, ravaged last year. They yeah, really, they really did. And, I mean, that risk is still there. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, like I'm, I just think he's so undervalued by the market. He's going to end up on so many of my teams if he stays where he is. Are you sure you want to get that much of a 36 year old though? I like him too. Yeah. I got him as my like SP three or four, whatever. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah. And he's been he's been a G, one fifty seven though in twenty twenty one one twenty one uh, innings last year. So we haven't seen the workhorse guy. I mean, I, I, in twenty twenty, I think he led the league in innings, but it was eighty four. It's the it's the shit season. Who cares? But yeah, it it is hard to go against him. I think when healthy, Lynn is an absolute stud. So we just need that health to come through, and he's a beast. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about your boy, Logan Webb? I say your boy because obviously you're a Giants fan. For those that don't know, I don't know anybody that wouldn't know that, but just in case, um, you buying in on him because I thought he had a nice follow-up to his breakout year of 2021. It It was lesser, 
particularly with the strikeouts coming coming way down from 27 to 21%, but the ERA actually dipped from 303 to 290, and he only had five points difference in whip from 111 to 116. I thought it was a heck of a season. I, I, I want to say that his trajectory was that Logan Webb started off a little poor and then got back on track, and he had to deal with that defense, which probably bred some of that volatility early on, but uh, once the summer hit, I feel like he, he was pretty strong there. Uh, with Logan Webb. So I, I, I remain in on him. I've already got multiple shares of him. What do you think of Webb this year? I feel like for some reason, my projections came out too low on him. And he, was, he wasn't even bad either, by the way. It was a, a 326-129 ERA whip in April and then a 377-103 in May. But then he was sub three each of the next four months. Uh, with good whips in three of those four months, the whip ran a little bit high in August. And again, I'm, I'm sure the defense played a role there, which it could play a role again, though. So it's not like you were out of the woods with that. And this is the thing I web. keep talking about on podcast because I keep getting asked about, like I did the Giants preview with Joe Rico um, and then Bubba uh, uh, Entrican, uh for, for Joe's podcast uh, last night. And, like, and people always talk about, oh, well, you know, Alex Cobb's going to get, you know, he got really unlucky last year. Like, yeah, he got unlucky. Why would it also, change, though? Yeah, he also just got screwed by the Giants' defense, and the Giants' defense did not get better. If anything, it got worse. I completely um, agree. You know, they now don't have Longoria at third and a single outfielder who knows how to field the ball. So, I mean, right now, Mike Yastrzemski is their center fielder. With that, he's he's not, like, a great center fielder. He's, like, a pretty good corner outfielder. Yeah. But, like, this is not going to end well. And so I have some real concerns about Logan Webb um, in terms of like what the Giants are going to be able to help provide for him. Uh, and so I've got him lower than the market, and he's not going to be on any of my teams. Uh, I think the only Giants starter that's likely to be on any of my teams is Ross Stripling. Um, so I'm uh, I'm a I, I like Logan Webb from a real life standpoint, from a fantasy standpoint. He's on a team that I don't know that is going to win a ton of games. Uh, and uh, and that defense behind him could let him down quite a bit. And without the strikeouts, the strikeouts taking a step back, like the upside has taken a lot out of Logan Webb. So I don't think I'm going to have him this year. I don't think he is. I think he's going too high. You don't think he can get back some of those strikeouts? I, you know, maybe he can. Maybe this is a situation where he's like, hey, I'm going to trust the defense. To get me out, uh, and now without the shift and uh, with the defense that's currently behind him, maybe he goes. Uh, maybe I need to go for more strikeouts. So that, like, that's that's what I'm kind of hoping I, with Webb. I can definitely see it, but that is that is hoping, right? And that, I, that's true. I'm not, I mean, not going to project out. Yeah, we got we got told not to say wish casting anymore. Um, oh yeah, there's words that people. This, I, don't, I don't give a shit. This is wish like thinking he's going to get the strikeouts back. Now, if we see him in spring training and all of a sudden like his strikeout to walk rate and you go hey uh, because spring, those, spring those are, rates are important yeah those, those are one of the stickier like one of the sticky things in spring training is strikeout and walk rate if we start saying hey oh the strikeout rate seems a bit higher than it normally would be then maybe we have a, a situation in which hey maybe that he is going to change a little bit and maybe i would bump him up but as of now i barely have him as a top 40 starter Oh, you're really what, what? What's what's your whip on him, on Web? I think one sixteen or something like that. I have that too. What's your ERA? Oh, uh, one fifteen three thirty one. Okay, that's where 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 we differ. I got a three oh six still. I, I I 
I don't know. I get that the defense is, is a concern, and in you look at like a Sierra three fifty six. I get where your ERA comes from, but I got two hundred innings. I only have eleven wins too, but I, I've got him. I have hundred eighty five innings. So okay, that's so part, part of fifteen the innings and the ERA definitely creates our I, difference. I think he is a low ceiling but high floor kind of guy, and I don't mind pitchers like that. Like, I, I don't mind a guy being a guy like, hey, I can count on him for 175, 180 really good innings that aren't going to hurt me at all. But I think a lot of people tend to want to reach for a little bit more upside there. I tend to as well, and so he's a little bit farther down my ranks. Sure. I, I mean, I can see that uh, if he can get those K- Ks back. But again, you can't project it with Webb, so I yeah. totally get that. The small sample lefties, Clayton Kershaw, Blake Snell, Jesus Lazardo. Obviously, you got the... The aged veteran there in Kershaw, kind of the established guy now in Snell, and then the young buck in Lazardo. Let's talk about these these three. You can't have a, a Kershaw projection that ranges much higher than 130 innings, I would imagine, right? Like that's just where we're at with him these days. Um, he's an every sixth day kind of guy. I want to say that it was DVR and um, mm-hmm. you know that we're highlighting that on on rates and barrels. But he's still so badass when he pitches. And, it, you know, you're probably going to have a spell or two where he's going to be out for a little bit. You need to replace him. But I'll take my my 22 starts and my 125 innings from Kirsch and be happy with it. Um, are you are you interested as well, or do you veer away from him because of those innings concerns? Is the, is the skill enough for you to take on the limited – yeah, for Kershaw, it is. Um, as long as my rotation is already built up with two kind of workhorses, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm getting Kershaw as my SP3, I'm going to be pretty effing happy. Um, I've missed my starting pitcher, 44, with 125 innings. You know, I think that he's fairly appropriately ranked in the market, and there are plenty of drafts in which he falls on a per inning basis, especially in a league where like I have deep benches. IL spots, things like that, I'm much more likely to take the gamble because I can backfill his starts that he misses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in your deeper leagues, it becomes a little bit more difficult to take just because, uh, especially if you play in like NFBC, like there's no IL, you've got to hold him on your roster when he misses two weeks here and there. Uh, so I think it, it's really your roster construction and league dependent, but I don't have a problem taking Kershaw in the same way that I have a big issue taking the other guys. Yeah, I mean, Kershaw is was SP-17 last year, like I said, with those limited innings. I got him at SP-30. The market has him at SP-38. So I think some of those concerns are kind of built in. I agree with you on the roster construction, though, because in NFBC with just the seven uh, roster spots, uh, reserve spots, you got to hold him. But I'm going to hold him through those trials and tribulations. And if I have IL, I'm a 1,000% in on Kersh, and I'll, I'll take the shot. And, yeah, it could blow up, right? There could be the year where he does throw 70 innings instead, you know, because mm-hmm. he gets a year older. Uh, that's how time works, you know, if it continues to progress. But I just – he's a walk-in Hall of Famer. He's just so damn yeah. good. I'll even take him at 35. Um, Blake Snell, I think there's some projection out there for some folks that 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 want him to be better. And uh, I get it, and I, I, I'm kind of hoping for it too. I'm – I've got him up there relative to where he's going in the market. He's SP 35. I got him SP 25. I don't think my projection is crazy though. Let me see my innings. I got him at 169. I, that doesn't this is that, feel that's out of great. pocket. That is out of pocket. He's had 128 innings pitch in each of the last two seasons. Projecting him for that much more 
is is wish casting. I hate to use the term that everybody keeps, or not everybody, but, but you did that. You did that with glass. Now I'm gonna keep um, going back on that here. Yeah, uh, I think it's. I think it's. I think yeah. I, I projected him for exactly 128 innings. I went, hey, you pitched 128 innings the last two years. You're getting 100. If it I, ain't broke, don't fix it. I gave him 130 um, just to have a nice round number. I think it'll be a good 130, but. Like the Padres have clearly like they they signed like seventeen starters this offseason. They don't want to be caught. They're not messing around. He's you know he's also not a guy who tends to go super deep into games either. Um, Though he did at the end of the season. That's the thing. He had the early season injury, cost him a month. But from there forward, Snell was pretty good. And maybe I'm you know I might just be overrating that. I, I acknowledge that. But started to show sixes and sevens. Um, if you pace out his his return from the injury through the rest of the season, it paces out to 181. Maybe 169 is a little high, but I think I'm only going to lower it to like I don't know 155. I'll shave off I'll shave off uh, uh, 14 innings there. But I don't know. I even at age 30, even having not gone over 130 since 2018, the Cy Young season, I don't see chronic injuries here. Right, and it kind of goes back to my point about about predicting the health. Like, yeah, he's had health issues 100%. I'm not going to deny that on Snell. That would just be denying reality. And it was this left adductor, I guess, the last two years. That is, you know, same thing twice. That does Mm -hmm. give give a little bit of pause. But I'm not pushing him for a full, you know, 32 starts or anything either. I'll bring the innings down a bit. But He's also a bad whip guy. Yeah. What what did he do down the stretch last year, though? Wasn't it better? Am I uh, imagining that? Uh, I can tell you. One I felt of, like the I felt I'll like just second go, half there. I thought the I'll go from check. August on up one hundred three whip. So I, I feel like the the like maybe okay. I might just be overrating the second half, right? Love Snell, he's my dude. I might just be overrating the second half. I definitely uh, come down on it a little bit. It's hard because like. It was. It was a fantastic second half. I think the biggest issue for me is like I just don't trust the innings. I think I can. That, that's where I, I'm kind of getting bought in is thinking that he can he can have that healthy and and it is like it is projecting something that has not happened recently. Like I I, yeah. I do grant that right. It's I think I can maybe bump it up to 140 and that might bump him up over Glass now and bump him up over like bump him up into like the top. 40 top kind of meet in the middle there then because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it down 169 is is putting a little bit too much out there uh because it is back-to-back injuries the same it uh, the same injury back-to-back it's always got something it's It's, it's, that adductor has been the same thing the last two years Mm -hmm. and that is that is something to have some concern over totally get that so I move him down and it puts him at sp 33 for Blake Snell and then you look at that. He's SP35 in the market. Okay, so I'm more in line with the market. But I'm going to stick with my projection, which is a 351-118 in that time, uh, 153 yeah, innings. No. With a, our, our, our projection isn't very far off. Yeah, like, so it's just the almost, innings. It's just the innings. It's, it's just, just the innings, totally. Um, which I'm like, I'm I'm fine with. Like, I don't think he's like that special of a guy where if I miss out on him, I'm I'm gonna be hating myself. He is special. You should hate yourself. I think he is a special person. Um, I, I, I really like I, him. I, I love dude. him as a person, uh, as a fantasy asset. I'm rooting for him as a person. I'm rooting for the Padres as a team. Like I, 
They're fun know, team. Fun team. I'd to like to see Sammy Reed win a World Series. Um, you just but, don't want the Dodgers to win, so you're rooting yeah, against them at, at all much, costs, yeah, especially because yeah. your your team probably not going to do it. With my team may finish fourth in this division. Could be rough. We do have some love for the D-backs. Both of us mm -hmm. uh, could see some some growth there. And then let's finish with Lazardo there on the small sample lefties. And, um, you know, he kind of did some things last year, but you're still looking at somebody that couldn't quite get the full season, had some hiccups. Are we trusting him? He only had 100 innings, but a 332-104 with a 30% K rate. You love that, but it was 95 innings the year before. There's another guy who just doesn't have the volume how high can you really go on a projection for Jesus Lizardo, um at age 25, given what he's been doing in his previous years? I mean, for me, it is all about the innings again. Um, I, I I projected him probably, let's see, 135 is what I did. Uh, and again, he's a guy where like I have a really hard time figuring out kind of what he is because you know, I kind of start with a, you know, two or three year average usually when I, when I'm doing a projection and you look at his whip, he had a 104 whip last year. Amazing. Right. With all those strikeouts and, uh, you know, uh, a 332 ERA and the underlying numbers kind of back up a lot of what he did. But then you look at 2021, he had a 162 whip and you go, Oh God, like where in the middle is that meeting? Cause he's yeah. probably going to regress some, but how far and like, where does the home run rate regress to like is he gonna mm -hmm. see yeah his last two years nine were the, just polar opposites do, dr jackal and mr hyde so absolutely like, on, on lizardo are you so, gonna get the monster or not like it's I, I don't know i think what it comes down to me at the end of the day is am i willing to take the gamble with the injury risk and i mean the performance risk but mostly the injury risk i mean he's a guy who's really because well, i think they're one in this i, I think Injury played a role in the production in 2021 for Lazardo. Yeah, well, I think I don't know if it was all injury. He's just he's a guy that has always struggled with his command in the zone. Um, and last year he seemingly figured it out, which is what we've always been waiting for. Uh, and so I want to kind of believe that he has somewhat figured it out. Uh, and that he can be this guy moving forward. The question is like, how many innings can I project him for? I think I might be a little bit too harsh on the ratios in terms of his projectum. I have a 367 ERA and a 123 whip. Um, I think I might. I, need... I, I get that, but I, I was a little bit more generous. Yeah, I, th I think I might need to soften that a little bit. Uh, but I don't know that I can project him for 145, 150 innings. I just his injury history is too great. They've got too much in that rotation where they can just skip him uh, or, you know, give, even if he's not hurt, put him on the IL just to kind of limit his innings and stuff like that. Uh, so I think even if I boost up the projection, which I might do at some point, it's not going to bring me up where the market's at. Yeah. The market on Lazardo is, is at uh, SP41, and you have him currently at SP68. So even if you do give Lazardo 69. some love, 69, nice. Yeah. Um, even if you do give him some love, it's not going to get him there. Yeah. And I totally I totally understand that. I mean, I've actually got him. Um, I'm, I'm altered a little bit. I, I went a little too high in the innings. I had 155. So I did lower it to 144 here. Just shaved off 11 
and it did lower him down now. So I'm, I'm actually closer to you. I'm at 60 with Lazardo. I'm not sure I'm ready to take that plunge, especially on a bad team too, right? You know, <laughs> if you're piling up the risk with, if there's talent risk and you're going bad team risk, that's a little bit scary. That's a little bit scary yeah. for me. Let's talk about a couple sophomores here. Kyle Wright and Joe Ryan had big breakout seasons, D- different degrees. Of course, Kyle Wright was amazing. And of course the 21 wins, the league leading 21 wins played a big role in that, but don't sleep on the 319, 116 ERA whip combo with 174 Ks in 180 innings. What does he do for a follow-up in your estimation? Kyle Wright with the Braves. So this is an interesting one. Cause I, I wrote him up last night because uh, he's moving down the ADP, people are seeing the discount. Yeah, people are seeing those twenty-one wins and going, "Well, of course we're going to regress him." You know, twenty-one. You know, there's no way he gets twenty-one wins. I don't think anybody's projecting him for twenty-one wins. I don't think anyone's projecting for seventeen wins, even. Yeah, I mean, I think I haven't projected for like thirteen or fourteen, something like. I got, that. I got thirteen with a three fifty-six, one sixteen for Kyle Wright. Like, yeah, I've him for thirteen. Uh, 180 innings. Of, I got 192. I got I got the innings going up. I think I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be a dude. Yeah, and a 360 ERA, 118 whip. Um, yeah, we're we're pretty much in lockstep there. And uh, I, you know, that puts him at my starting pitcher, 38. Uh, and I think he's going to be yeah. one of the guys. I think him and Tyler Anderson are this year's Adolis Garcia, which is the market hates you so much that you become a bargain at the price. Um, and so if the price keeps dropping on Kyle Wright, and this second time I've done this article where the price has dropped on him. Really? Um, I'm, yeah. I'm going to have a lot of Kyle Wright. Yeah, I'm willing to buy back in. I mean, he's SP36. I have SP29. You have SP38. So you're right by the market. I'm a little bit ahead. It's probably those 12 innings that are playing a lot of the difference because based on what the projection that you just said, mm-hmm. we are not far off on the ERA and whip and strikeouts. And and I didn't project this, of course, but I think there's even some strikeout upside. I did too. He has 12% K rate. I, I don't see any reason that he can't amp up to a 25% plus. I kept him in that 23-22 range, uh, somewhere in, in between there. But I really think Kyle Wright is – is the real deal. Like I'm not worried about the 21 wins. I, I I brought that way down. Like I said, to 13, I think the talent is there. It's a former number five overall pick had never really found his footing in a tiny sample, 70 innings spread out over four seasons. That is literally meaningless to me. Nothing. Yeah. And again, he could have had a 156 ERA in that time. That's meaningless on the other end. But the fact that he had a 656 ERA couldn't have cared less about 70 innings spread out over four seasons. Mm-hmm. So I was judging him as the, minor leaguer that he was and you know you take like what 80 85 percent of minor league numbers to get an idea of what they might do in the majors he of course surpassed that he'll be 27 he's here he's the guy i I don't see any reason to hold him back that's why i put 192 innings on him i like kyle wright quite a bit i have no problem making him my sp3 good control good command yeah he doesn't have like the best of stuff necessarily but he gets a lot of ground balls you know, a guy who's not going to give up home runs, not going to walk guys, and gets a lot good, of ground balls. Team. Yeah, great team. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's kind of undervalued right now. And what if they support him for another 16, 17 wins as opposed to the thirteen that we have? Boom! Now you're talking to SP twenty five again. You know, top yep. twenty five, I should say. Uh, and then what about Joe Ryan again? A little bit further down the spectrum in terms of uh, what he did in his rookie campaign, but it was really sharp. One hundred forty seven innings of a three fifty five ERA and a one ten WHIP. Won a little. Uh, 
charity bet with Alex Fast on that. It's my boy. Both Alex Fast and Joe Ryan, my boys. But, um, you know, the one issue that he had is the home runs. He's, he's so dependent on that fastball. The deception and quality of it is huge. But when it's off, it's homer prone because it's not particularly fast. And so when they're seeing it, they go boomtown. I, I still remember the big – because I was streaming during this, and um, I think I had him on DraftKings against San Diego. I was taking the, the plunge there and saying, okay, I'll use him against a good team. He gave up 10 earned, including five homers, and they just kind of pummeled him there. It was July 29th. Uh, from that point, though, he rebounded off of that and finished with a 3.23 ERA and 61 innings over his final 11 starts. So, you know, one of those disaster starts can really hurt you. It didn't push him over uh, too much, too high of an ERA though. 3.55 was his season number. Imagine if he hadn't had a 10-run dud like that. I think Joe Ryan's quite good, and uh, I'm I'm I have no problems taking him where he's going, which is SP40. I think it's a fair price. I don't see a ton of upside here. But I'll take something close to a repeat from Joe Ryan. What about you in his follow-up season? Yeah, I kind of feel the exact same way as you. Like, I don't see, like, another level here. And I think he's one of the guys that has a lot of risk um, because there are two ways in which he could become absolute garbage. Uh, One is that he just doesn't have the command that he showed last year, right? Even like he's one of these guys that like just a little slip in command could mean a massive difference in terms of how many home runs he actually gives up. Cause he gives up so many fly balls. Like yeah. if, if guys just square him up just a little bit better, you could be a problem. The other way is completely out of control and it's the ball. I think he was a beneficiary of the ball being a little dead last year. And if they decide to give everybody Goldilocks balls, He's going to get murdered. Uh, now, that being said, I really like the park he pitches in, the division he pitches in, the defense behind him. I like his skills generally, too. Um, and I, so I've got him for like a 370, I want to say a 370 ERA, um, and a 110 whip. Uh, 375, 110 uh, in 175 innings. Um, 375, 110, you said for Joe yeah. Ryan? 375, 110. I've got 381, 112. We're, we're right there. Yeah, and so like I have him pretty much right at market um, and maybe even a little bit above market. Where did you say he was going? He is going SP40, and you yeah, got him 33, 33, and I got him 45. So, you know, as, as much as I like the guy, I'm actually a little bit below the market right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, he does he does have a wide range, so I, I think there is plenty of worlds where I get Joe Ryan when he drops down there. Home run issues can be scary, and that is what, what his biggest concern, like you said. Uh, but I do still like him, and I will buy back on this season, particularly if he falls to where I've got him there at SP45. Yeah. All right, let's continue on here. We still got a couple more, and then we'll get out of here. We got three more guys, a couple rebounds, and then the guy with a new delivery by, by force, though. Uh, the rebounds, Lucas Giolito and Freddie Peralta. Things couldn't have gone much worse for Giolito last year. His former ace really fell off. Just He encapsulates the volatility of pitching year to year because who the hell saw a 490-144 coming after the three after the two-plus seasons that he put up? Because, again, 2020 is not a full season. But the two big seasons in 19 and 21 were excellent. I, I I love uh, the idea of a rebound here because I just I I believe in Giolito. It's a little bit of an intangible thing. He kind of built himself though. I don't give Don Cooper any credit. Uh, Ethan Katz, I'll give some credit to. Now they have a new pitching coach, but he was pretty clear that he did he did his work on his own to break out in 2019 because Don Cooper didn't do shit. And now they got Ethan Katz. They have a legit coach. I really think that uh, that he can do his thing here and rebound. Are you buying back in on Lucas Giolito at SP44 for a rebound? 
I'm my projections say no. Um, I really don't know what to make of his twenty twenty two. There were moments in which he looked like the guy that was a first second round pick in March drafts in twenty twenty two, and there were moments where Lucas Giolito looked completely hittable, and I wonder how much of it was mental. Because when I kind of broke down the numbers, the thing I found was when he got behind in the count, he got murdered. And yeah. when he got ahead of guys, he got out of innings very quickly and struck guys out. And um, and so you almost wonder, like, is this a pitch sequencing issue or is this a I'm upset with a call type of issue? And now I'm just going to throw a meatball over the plate and let the guy take a whack at it. Um and I kind of think it might be the latter. Uh, I think it might have been a mental issue. Uh, and well, and it maybe, varied too, right? Pitch, each pitch like had its own time of of messing yeah, it, up. It, it wasn't like it wasn't like one pitch was markedly worse. It was it was not even start to start. It was inning to inning, different things failing him. And so I, I have to wonder: is it a mental issue? And maybe a guy just comes in with a clean slate and goes, "I'm going to show people that I'm better." My projections have me completely out on him, but I think they're largely influenced by I don't know what the hell he is at this point. Um, and so I I have not drafted him. Um, I've come close. I've got him as my SP60. Um, Ooh, so you are not in on the Giolito rebound. Yeah, I think that's unfair, uh, and I do think I need to – uh, he might be overvaluing last year a little bit too much. This is where yeah. looking at multiple years really does help. I got him SP 43, so I'm kind of right in line with the market there, which is still a pretty sharp discount. I mean, he was a top 20 guy last year, no? Yeah. So, yeah, you, I mean. I took him in the second round of my main event and paired him with Trevor Rogers. Man. You just bet. Burnt eighteen hundred dollars. I mean, not, not that like, I'm, I'm not shitting on you. I I liked both those guys, especially Rogers. Rogers I, really, really, yeah. And that that was the league in which uh, Scott Jensen almost won the overall, and I was drafting right next to him. I just soaked up all the risk for him. It was awesome. Um, yeah, I really, yeah. I I think I need to rework his projection a little bit. Um, where where are you at on G Lito? Let's hit some numbers here. I have him a 409 ERA, a 126 whip, 176 innings, and 180 strikeouts. Okay, I got 173 innings, 189 Ks, 369, 120 though. So I, I got I got the ERA coming back under four. Again, I'm gonna give him credit for what he what he's done there and, and kind of I don't want to I'm not erasing last year. 369 is still is still higher than where he's been, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna give Giolito credit to rebound there and get back on track. Cause even last year, the FIP. Uh, was 406 the Sierra was 379 the skills the skills were still there and again I talk about how game to game it was a different pitch here and a different pitch there that was failing him like he had components of what made Giolito great throughout the season he just couldn't keep it together and, and that's why I think that's why I think it's a mental thing like it really and that's true. why but but that's what leads me to believe that he could completely get back on track this year and maybe yeah. even the 369 is too too high. But but again, he was uh, 353 the year before and 341 in his breakout. So I'm not that far from where he was in 19 and 21. So I like him to, to mostly mostly rebound. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking kind of his second half numbers and 
his his velo was down too. There, there's there's not, there, I'll tell you this: there's not a whole lot you can go off of last year that's going to get you warm and fuzzy about Gilito. It's a matter of if you believe that 21 and 19 are still indicative of the guy he can be, plus what you attribute 22, 22's failings to, which you're saying mental and just kind of inconsistency, which to me says it's fixable. And it's I, I definitely of, think it's fixable. Like it's I, a matter I, of whether or not he does, sure. But I'm I'm gonna bet he's a guy that I him. he's a guy that once I see him pitch in spring, I may end up moving up quite a bit. And I could see that too. And listen, I know they said uh, we have to ban wish casting. I'm sure the next thing they're gonna want us to ban is baked into the price. But I think that, that I think that phrase matters. Yeah, absolutely. About like, it, at SP44, I think the risk is covered there with Giolito. Absolutely, I agree. Okay, so then let's move on to our final guy. New delivery for Luis wait, wait, Garcia. For oh, Freddie Peralta? Oh, Freddie Peralta. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Freddie P, Freddie P. Rebound. Now, when he broke out, it was like one of those where it's like, oh, he did do it because we thought he could, but like the, the chances weren't that high because he's like he's kind of a one-pitch guy when he was really cooking. That fastball is amazing with the extension that he gets on it and has some command issues, but he did it. He had a great... 144 inning season in 2021 injuries were always a concern though too because he's got that slight frame can he hold up to the rigors of of a full season 18 18 uh, appearances 17 starts last year 78 innings it did not go well it went well when he pitched but the volume wasn't there 358 104 that's fine on the era whip but 78 innings can he rebound and get back up to I don't know, 135 plus things. Cause he can be one of those short sample guys that is a top 30 pitcher, even with 125, 130 innings. But do you think that Freddie Peralta even gets back to that level? Or are you concerned that he just can't hold up to the rigors of every fifth day consistently? Um, am I allowed to say, I don't know. You are allowed to say that. And then I guess I would ask, so what did you put for a projection? Like where, where do you stand on him? And are you drafting Freddie Peralta? I gave him 140 innings. Of I, I gave him 133. A 3.47 ERA, a 104 WHIP, 155 strikeouts. That ended up him as my SP43. I got a 53, um, so I guess I'm a bit I'm a bit lower on on Peralta there. I mean, I think on a per any basis, he's really good, and I think I'd be much more likely to draft him in a shallower format shallow, where yeah. I can throw him on my IL. I don't play in a ton of shallower format leagues. I'm going to play more this year. Um, especially if those listener leagues uh, fill up in the Discord, but uh, I'm I'm very very nervous about it. Like I I, I think he, he's one of these guys I think could be a league winner. Like I know that that phrase is uh, poo pooed as well, but like I, I do. I think, let's say I every think, phrase that people don't like. I'm just kidding. Yeah, let, let's only say the phrases. Yes, he, he's free. Um, he's free. Uh, yeah. He's free. Pick pick thirty eight. Yeah. Free. Yeah, he's not free, uh, but. I don't know. I have a really hard take in a guy with his his risk profile. I know they're he's, saying that he's got no injury concerns, um, and that's not why they pull that. him. Uh, uh, that's, uh, that's not why they pulled him from the WBC. Uh, but I'm just I'm just nervous, and I don't usually take guys that high when I'm nervous about them. I, I, I'm not really there uh, okay. with, with Peralta. Like I said, I got SP53. He's SP44. Um, in the market, or excuse me, SP42 in the market, pick 145, you know, top 150, that's not that's not close to free. You are paying yeah. a price there that you have an If you're in a 10-team Yahoo league, that is kind of free. Uh, it's not free, but it, it is it is more palatable. You're talking 14th, yeah. 15th round there where you're like, okay, 
your your expectation of him is not as high. But when you jump that up to 15 teams, you're talking about a top 10 rounder. Mm-hmm. You those are foundational players still. Yeah. Um, and in a 10 team league, it's not free, but the replacement is a lot easier on Peralta. So I do get mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I just don't think I'm going to do it. I'm just not sure he can stand up to the rigors of of starting consistently. So um, it's going to be one where I'm willing I'm willing to miss on. All right, let's finish out with the new guy, the new delivery, Luis Garcia. But it's not by choice. They are banning his Rockabye Baby delivery. Uh, they would say that that's a balk now. So I don't know how much that's going to impact him, but he does have to change his delivery now. Um, more to the point of just his talent in general, what do you think of Luis Garcia? I feel like he's kind of uh, overlooked these days where people are like so enamored with uh, Christian Javier and even with Hunter Brown on the come up that Garcia kind of gets pushed off to the side a little bit. Only to a degree, he's still SP43, pick 149. So he's right there with Peralta and Gilito and that. But um, is Garcia somebody you like? Because I don't I don't hear much hype for him in the market. You know, Garcia is one of these guys where I did uh, his – why am I not finding him on my sheet? Probably what? because there's an accent in Garcia. Ah, there we go. I found him. Okay. Um, so he's one of those guys where – I I had him as like a top 25 Ooh. starter because I've always really, really liked Luis Garcia. Mm-hmm. And then I did the that projections on him and he dropped the 36 and I went, oh, that's weird. And so it's like, this is why I really like the exercise of actually doing the projections myself as opposed to just, instead of what your gut tells you. Instead of what my gut just tells me. Um, because like you actually look at the numbers that he produces and you go, oh, okay. He's not like a stellar guy anywhere. He's good. He's, he's just kind of solid. Good. Yeah. He's just super solid. Um, but he's not great anywhere. And so he's kind of got a low ceiling. I'm still fine with where he goes and stuff, but he just doesn't end up on any of my teams, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know what to do here because like a, I'm not like super out on him. I don't think Luis Garcia is terrible or anything, but I put a 382, 118, and 153 innings. I just think he's fine. I guess it's just kind of blah, but I got him at SP 55, which means I'm probably not getting him if he's going SP 43, or excuse me, what was it? Uh, yeah, 43 consistently. That's a 40 pick dip down to SP 55. I'm just probably not going to see him fall down there very often. I'm okay with that, though. I'm okay missing on him. I just think he's solid, if unspectacular. Does have a bit of a home run issue, though. 1.2 for his career. It was up to 1.3 last year. And then I do wonder if having to change that Rockabye Baby uh, uh, delivery, does that do anything? Is that something that, you know, changing anything with pitchers can be tough, and he's going to have to change his delivery. I think I need to drop his innings, too, because I projected him for 170, but he's been a 155, 157 last two years. Maybe that's all he just goes. Yeah, um, I think, and you know they'll give him a spot here to rest. They'll bring in somebody. You know they'll maybe let Hunter Brown catch a few starts there if, if McCullers is is healthy. You know, so I don't know. I think I think he's just fine. I think yeah, uh, I think Luis I Garcia agree. is just fine. If you like him, take him. I'm not trying to talk anybody out of him, but I don't see a ton of upside. The one spot I could maybe see some more upside is with the K's because he does miss plenty of bats, 13% swing mm-hmm. strike rate, and he did have a 26% K rate in 21. It dipped back to 24. That's not crazy. I could see uh, 170, 175 strikeouts in his 150-something innings, but um, I, I can't do much more beyond that. Yeah. All right, we did, we did it. We got through a ton of guys today, and so that's part two of the starting pitchers. We're going to continue going, 
And I think with the next one, uh, we'll be at around SP45, Chris Bassett's where we're going to start. We go 45 to like 75 maybe. And the way I'll group them, I'll make sure that we have some that are that are a little bit quicker there because – I mean, I love deep diving. Don't get me wrong. I don't know me if we too. can do. I don't know if we can do three more two-hour episodes. On, I mean, I know we can. Yeah, but I don't know if we should. Yeah, we got Potapalooza coming, so I'm gonna have exactly. a pretty some pretty long weekend. So long we will we'll do SP three um, on on Monday, and it'll cover 30, 35 guys. But I'll, I'll hit you on some quick hitters. You know, tell us how much you love Andrew Heaney. Okay, done with that. You know, stuff like that. And we'll I'll get do two hours guys. on Andrew Heaney. You do a separate pot, a Patreon yeah. only pot of you just mm-hmm. fawning over him, you know. Um, even though he is SP65 right now, I don't think we're gonna have too much quick, uh, too much in depth to say about Frankie Montas because that price is gonna go way down. But we will talk about he, that on Monday. He will be free, <laughs> he, he will be free. Yes, yeah. I will let you call him free because with the mm-hmm. price that he's gonna fall to, he's 100% he, off my he board. Should not draft him. I, I told if you're drafting him in redraft, you're making I don't care if you have IL spots, don't waste your spot anyway. Yeah. Talk to you on Monday. Have a good one. Take it easy.